0: what's going on everybody welcome to radiovania episode 122 your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture my name is zach ratello at zach ratello on threads because twitter doesn't exist anymore because elon musk is a man baby that renamed it x and sitting across from me in the virtual space is a slightly frozen on the video frame john swansong parker john if you can hear me please say something
1: I can hear you. You're frozen on the video side for me as well. So maybe that comes with the premium. Maybe. Know. Oh,
0: wait, yeah. you're starting to move back. Yes, yeah, so that's a premium member feature of Zoom is that it's like now with more frozen video.
1: <laughs> I'm doing fine, though. Thank you for asking.
0: Good. good. What a way to start this podcast. Off. I mean, Where
1: the video is not for the listeners. It's just for us. So we could be able to you know, talk to each other and engage facial reactions. But, uh, yeah. you know,
0: an important part of radio is seeing the other person
1: yeah that's the that's the most important part
0: yeah <laughs> how are you doing man it's uh it's been a minute the last time that we got together was two and mm-hmm. some weeks ago we were here for the uh the mission impossible pod um yep. so it's been a minute in between that pod and now we 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 went on a bachelor party for our good friend ben
1: yep in, congratulations ben and sam
0: congratulations yep. yeah if you're listening to you i know you aren't but if you're listening, <laughs> they're definitely not <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you nonetheless good on you for getting married.
1: Yeah, no, I've been good. Um, yeah, we had the bachelor party weekend, which was about a five day ordeal for the two of us, um, including drive time. And I let my body recover for three days. And then uh, last weekend, I went down to visit my girlfriend in Florida. Shout out to Julia. We had a good time. Shout um, out. But that was also a lot of travel. So I've been just kind of like taking it easy this week, just doing work stuff and catching up on a lot of content that we'll talk about here in a little bit so yeah yeah but yeah, yeah how about so you, went,
0: you went three days between the bachelor party and and getting back in the swing of the things I was I was like sober for like almost a week
1: yeah I talked to John last night he said that he didn't feel himself until this past Monday and I was like I just drank a lot of water and slept for like three days and then next thing you know I was at the airport so <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a long recovery. That whole
0: week after we came back from the bachelor party, I was just like, I was in bad. I was in a bad way. I just felt yeah. like drained mentally. I didn't, I didn't poop
1: solid for like two days after.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: this is our burden to bear. Yeah,
1: you know. Hey, it's all for Ben. You know, if yeah. I can be a dancing clown for Ben, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Jekko. We were, we were the entertainment
0: at the Leela Now casino. Shout out to Chris. Chris. Yeah. Chris, Chris was the, the dealer.
1: dealer and, um, fuck what was the other person's name?
0: It was like Judy or something like that, right?
1: Yeah. Something, Lucy. Lucy. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. They took our money.
1: They took your mine. money. They didn't take well, my money. Well, they, they gave won. you some yeah. money back,
0: but they redistributed Austin's money <laughs> <laughs> into Larson's my, money. into my
1: pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's how it is, man. Cool. So you we had a whole blackjack table to ourselves. I asked the pit boss. I was like, hey, we got a bachelor party here. There's no one here. It's Saturday night. Can you just open one of these tables up? This guy's standing at a table that no one's playing at for a different game. And he's like, it's going to take like 40 minutes. I was like, okay, I was like, that's fine. We're here until <laughs> 2 a.m. We're in a casino. I'm sure we can entertain ourselves for 40 minutes. And then, yeah, we had a whole table for for eight of our 10 friends, which was really fun to play that way.
0: Yeah yeah shout out to Leela now that place uh that place was a uh was a pit of uh northport michigan as a whole though is is a beautiful town yeah beautiful beautiful city radio radiovania we'll be we'll be coming to you guys live in northport we're gonna we're gonna record our next episode 200 live from the pirate ship at that fucking marina or
1: whatever (laughs) (laughs) commandeering the ship yeah (laughs) just like police boats in the background
0: Pull over that's where we'll do Pirates in Review. When That's we eventually a do Pirates in Review, we'll commandeer, a, we're, we'll commandeer some sort of spacecraft. Spacecraft. What am I talking about? It's, it's fucking Watercraft. Late. Jeez. Whew. It's Thursday. <laughs> this week, man. Let me tell you, this is the mm-hmm. week from hell. I don't know. I'm ready for tomorrow to be just O-V-E-E-R. You know what I mean? Week from hell from work? Yeah, just busy week here in Cincy. Um, dealing with a bunch of stuff. Ramping up for busy time of the month coming up. But, you know... Yeah. Um, I've got i I've corn. got a, I've got a slap bag full of wine right here. I've got a full glass right here.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it was wine night at, uh, the local restaurant down the street. So my beautiful girlfriend and I went and got a uh, half price bottles of wine, but I realized that the half price bottles, half price, bottles, bottles? Are, half price okay. bottles, but the half price bottle deal didn't apply to the one bottle that I bought. So I ended up not getting half price bottle, but I did drink, uh, 75% of a bottle. Congratulations! <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> so, sorry, my, that,
1: sorry, the deal didn't apply to you. This deal's getting worse all the time.
0: My, so, all that to be said, uh, my brain is mush. I'm so excited for this podcast. It's literally been one of the things keeping me going this week because I'm so excited to talk about these movies with you and talk about yeah. everything. So, it's going to be a fucking good show. We have so much to get through that we, you know, we can't waste a single solitary minute. So, no, we thank you all for listening to this episode of Radio Vania. If you've not listened to the podcast before, you're in for a treat. John and I get together every once in a while. Whenever we get the time, we try to do it, you know, at least bi-monthly at the very least. And uh, we get you your hot dose of content. We talk about movies, television, comic books, video games, all that nerd culture bullshit that you guys really enjoy talking about. If you, you know, you ever, you remember those days back in the day when you just hang out in your friend's basement and talk about, you know, Legend of Zelda. Well, that's what we're we're here to provide a little bit of that in your ears. So digital basement, digital base. This is the digital basement. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. if if you like the show we thank you for listening you can follow us in a many different ways if you don't like Radio the show
1: v- you can go fuck yourself exactly yes, I, no, okay. no,
0: no 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 go fuck yourself go fuck okay. yourself all
1: right, all right, you can yeah, follow yeah, us yeah. at yeah.
0: radiovania.com that's the easiest place to get all of our content radiovania.com is our podcast feed so you can like subscribe and share leave us a review if you like the show you can email us to radiovania show at gmail.com or tweet us at radiovania or go to radiovania show on threads because twitter is apparently exploding mm-hmm. Uh, Elon Musk is just taking that that dog out back and putting it down so um, if Twitter dies we're, we're on threads so you guys can all check us out on threads uh, and yeah listen to our all other all the shows John and I just wrapped up the DCEU in review with uh, The Flash and we've been going through Batman the animated series doing a deep dive rewatch on every single episode of that show so we're doing a lot of really awesome content on Radiovania and we thank you all so much for joining us this week it's a special week, baby. Very you
1: know special what? week. The the one we've all been waiting for this year.
0: Yeah. Some might say that this season of movies, which we'll talk about this summer movie season, just being a pinnacle of just a crazy amount of content to consume this whole past year. Rival yeah. some of the busiest content years in our entire lives. But this is the, the week that it comes head to head. This is the Thor versus Hulk in Ragnarok. This is <laughs> this is Barbenheimer. And we're here to Barbenheimer. talk
1: Barbenheimer.
0: About the film event of the year. Uh, That's right. Barbie and Oppenheimer. John and I saw both of them. We're going to talk about both of them. And that's going to be the topic of the show. So stay tuned. If you guys are interested in hearing our reviews for those movies, we are going to dive into spoilers. We're going to talk about all the fun stuff. We're going to give our reviews and commentary on the movies. And that'll be at the topic of the show. But until then, we've got a lot of extra stuff to cover, including the Writers Actors Guild and the strike that's going on right now. We've got Disney pulling back on Marvel and Star Wars stuff. Blue Beetle box office projections, the Haunted Mansion review embargo, and much, much more. But before we get into all that, John, what you been up to?
1: Oh, man, I've been up to so many, so many things. I don't even know where to begin. Um, I guess the 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 most prominent thing in terms of amount of time that I've spent uh doing something since the last time we talked was uh, I started playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, you did, baby. Which was a gift from you. Thank you very much. That was very kind. Uh, our Tears of the Kingdom, not Daddy, four. Daddy provides. Daddy provides big time because this game fucking rules. Um, it's just, you know, it's just as good, if not better than Breath of the Wild. I'm obviously not very far into it, but I'm certainly having a great time. The building mechanics are really fun, I think. Occasionally they can be frustrating, but... I was going to say, did it trip you up at the beginning or did you feel like you kind of got the hang of it quick- quickly? I, actually, I was going to tell you about this. I think Disney Infinity prepared me for the building mechanics. It's very gotcha. similar in terms of like the rotation aspects and like sticking stuff together okay um for me it's it's still like there's definitely big margins of error when you're assembling stuff but it's so fun like when you like craft something yourself that you're like you're like they gave me a pile of tools over here to solve this puzzle and i can pick whichever way i want to and there's multiple ways to solve the puzzle i think that's really cool yeah it's fun um,
0: like you can tell that the game is like i mean there are many moments in the game where i felt like i'm a fucking genius for figuring this shit out but it's like in reality yeah. that's what they wanted you, they to, wanted feel you like, to do so. that yeah
1: <laughs> yeah uh but, but I'm, i think I'm glad awesome. to hear you're enjoying it yeah i just finished my first like regional boss oh okay which one did you go to
0: first S- slight spoilers for tears of the kingdom if you don't want to hear any of this shit just skip ahead like four, minor minor four spoilers yeah. i
1: guess yeah the the rito village in the sky that's the first one i went to as well yeah they kind of point you in that direction though i think you think so yeah okay. i'm 100 gonna try to go to Gerudo valley next though because that shit is popping um but yeah so i literally just did that today i thought that that boss fight oh, nice. was really cool and like scaling the tornado chef's kiss so cool yeah it was awesome and when you, little... when you,
0: when you do hit the boss and it hits that like boss music theme, like comes in or I was like, well, let's fucking go baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the
1: music is obviously great. A lot of, a lot of the returning themes, but some new ones as well, having like the, the towers being different where you shoot up in the sky and then you can glide down is awesome. I love the sky Island aspects and everything. I think, um, You know, I spend a lot of my time just like walking around finding herbs and like making food and stuff. (laughs) So I've been doing a lot of that, rescuing some Korak bros and, uh, yeah, having a good time. So, okay, cool.
0: Have you, uh, investigated one of those holes yet?
1: Not yet. Are they scary? I don't want to say anything. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to, I just, I, I was like, yeah, it seems like I'm not strong enough for these yet. So I just kind of sidestepped around. I have yeah. found multiple stables though. Um, cool. Shout out Santiago, my horse from Breath of the Wild. He's back. you, so you carry cool. him
0: over. So he showed up in your game. He showed
1: up in the stable. Um, I did find a horse originally before I found a stable. And then I was riding that horse in the wild before I was able to check him in. And I named him Carmi uh when I, got, when I got to a stable so fire everything yeah, fire 55 per. <laughs> i was so
0: excited when i found my first stable and I, I didn't know about the horses being able to get carried over and i saw jonathan pop up i was like oh it's my horse it's jonathan fuck yeah that's <laughs> awesome um, he's a big
1: boy he is a big boy he loves his apples yeah he does yeah he does even like adding the towing harness to the horses is such a, a fun aspect you know yeah but i love the game i'm excited to spend the next year and a half to two years playing it and really just like juicing that story out or at least a while until Spider-Man two comes out. But
0: that's what I was going to say is that like the main reason I bought it for you is that I was like, you know, he's got to play the game. It's like only the biggest game of the year. It's like, it's, the biggest ge- one of the biggest games since Breath of the Wild came out, which is in 2016, if you can believe it, that fucking that's actually s- really
1: hard to believe because I just got that game two years ago. <laughs>
0: yeah, The Switch <laughs> so- and Breath of the Wild came out in 2016. So that was, was like a the- launch launch game. Right? It was a launch game. It was the first game I played on the Switch. It was a bit it's like before the Switch. It's like, you know, it was a weird time for Nintendo. Right. With like the Wii going into the Wii U and then Wii the Switch the wii u was terrible but then it was like you know it's just hard to believe it's like the switch has been around since 26 20- it's been around through the trump presidency and it's like <laughs> you know it feels like that yeah. this hard piece of hardware has been in my life for so long and it's like you know i really wanted you to experience tears of the kingdom because i really think it's a really special game it's probably my favorite oh, game great. i played this year so far
1: um yeah,
0: yeah it's it's got to be my favorite game i have played this year so far but it's um it's really excellent. I can't wait for you to play more of it. Uh, I just think that it's super duper special and so surprising in so many different ways. So if y'all out there haven't played Zelda, get off your asses. And for sure, you got it. You got a couple months because Spider-Man in October. And that's just going to take over my life until I platinum that shit. Yeah, it looks cool. Looks great. Can't wait.
1: Yeah. But, you know, Zelda, the first Zelda game, I I played multiple games in between playing it. The Switch is just like such a. You know, oh, I'm going to the office. I'm gonna take my switch today and, and right. get a good half hour on my lunch break. Like I can parcel that game out over the next couple of years, even if I take a hiatus to play Spider Man. So yeah, for sure. I'm really digging it, though. I think I, I should check the game clock. I'll probably put maybe twelve hours in. Maybe so, I'm at seventy five. I think that's wild.
0: That's that's crazy.
1: Although you know, I've played 230 hours of The Last of Us Part Two. So,
0: well, don't forget when we checked our I game co- when we checked our game clocks on PlayStation, I put in like 500 some hours in Destiny. So, we've all wasted our time doing things. So, it's wild.
1: Can you imagine what we could have done with 500 hours?
0: <laughs> yeah, we probably could have been millionaires at this point. We'd dedicate that or time to doing like, something,
1: write a novel or something, you know. <laughs> Sure. Really be remembered, put our stamp on this earth. <laughs> this is our, this is my though, buddy. Five hundred is an accomplishment.
0: Every one of these podcasts is like my children. So,
1: oh yeah, yeah, it's like a time capsule. That's the that's my favorite part about doing radiovania In but. in thirty twenty
0: three, and. Um, some some bearded bro is going to find this podcast and be like you know what these guys were right about everything they could have saved disney 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 cannibalized itself and went into bankruptcy in 2050 and, and they were like these guys were right
1: and then they'll erect a the monument the to case. us
0: on, on the hollywood hills
1: they knock over the walt and mickey statue at disney world, world and they just put us up <laughs> <laughs> your statue is just like like <laughs> exactly Uh, (laughs) oh we totally do is what the black says yeah uh
0: you saw a dial of destiny again
1: yeah so this past weekend again while i was down in florida um julia had to go back to work and i had a couple hours to kill until my flight left and there's a movie theater by the airport and the only show time that wasn't barbie that i already had plans to see with my friends this past week was indiana jones and i was like you know what it kind of times up perfectly that i can just watch indiana jones and then go and get security at the airport and get on my flight with plenty of time obviously my flight would become delayed three and a half hours but that's besides the point but yeah so i went and saw dial of destiny again just by myself four o'clock showtime on sunday it was over halfway full at this theater i don't know if that's due to its proximity to the airport with layovers or what but i thought that that was a decent note considering the box office bomb that it's interesting um dead quiet though still still the same as like when you and i saw it like in the middle of the night uh on premiere weekend it's just like no not really a whole lot of reactions a couple laughs every now and then with with some of the more popular jokes but i thoroughly enjoyed myself i I liked it more the second time around since i knew what was coming and i could just kind of like relax and enjoy the stuff that i really liked found myself really enjoying phoebe waller bridges character a lot more um and i think it's a really good performance from harrison i think he's got he's fucking crushing it so i cried twice it was great i was just like in tears at the end again And i was like this is cool and then i and then i went to the airport but i <laughs> went to the airport <laughs> yeah i'm glad i saw it again on the big screen i think um you know, it's got some it's got some bad CGI moments, but it also has some stuff that I really like. I love that they shot on location more, especially more than like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like the movie looks real, especially like when they're in Tangiers and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, you know, better than Skull. Still my fourth favorite Indiana Jones movie, but wasn't you- a, wasn't a total waste of time for me. Are you updating your score
0: at all? I don't remember where you sat on it when we originally reviewed the movie a couple weeks like back I in the fourth of it, July did I it like a but... six,
1: five or seven. I think it would still stay around there. Okay. Yeah, maybe on I'd the higher stay. end this time, like probably a seven. I think I'd still say, stay the same critically. Um, maybe maybe higher on a seven. I definitely just found myself having like a good time. Um just like watching indiana jones do indiana jones stuff so mm-hmm. and i Can also, also
0: ask it, g- it gets a bump because it w- you were in florida which is the devil's anus and then you went <laughs> to the theater so you were in the air conditioning for <laughs> your buddy harrison Ford. did
1: that play into it at all um no i don't think so it was actually kind of hot like uh, the ac in wasn't... the theater yeah it wasn't like a great theater necessarily so i was kind of toasty i had to take my uh, i had a I had a flannel on, that was probably my problem, actually. But <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, I had a good time. I uh thought I was gonna have to leave early. And I was like, oh well, if I miss the part where they talk to fuck, spoilers for Dial of Destiny, if I miss the part where they talk to um uh Archimedes, like All I'm Atreides. not really that disappointed. Oh, sorry, Archimedes. <laughs> um, but I wound up having enough time to stay through, which I appreciated because I love the Marion scene a lot. So
0: good I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it I you know I, I'm i you know I think it's probably one of those movies I expected you to go in liking it so I was like honestly a little bit shocked that you had a lot of critical things to say about it when we did our pod but I figured that after a couple rewatches like you saying that you wanted to go back and rewatch it like I, I figured that you would probably it would probably rise for you
1: it kind of reminds me of when um when Solo came out where I was like the first time I saw it I was like I had fun but i had beef with it and then as time went on i was just like i'm oh, in like sure whatever like i just i'll ignore the stuff that i really don't like that i have sure. big big beef with in terms of canon events and then uh enjoy the stuff that i do like so still can't really stand that kid teddy i think he sucks um i found myself enjoying the villain this time around a little bit more though i know we thought that they were a little underbaked the first time we saw it but i i really enjoyed matt's performance and uh I wish we got more Boyd Holbrook, but his some of his like mannerisms and stuff is just he's such a good actor. Like, I'll oh, yeah. This.
0: Boyd Holbrook is awesome. I, it's just a crime that he's not utilized more. But I mean, I'm, yeah, his performance when he's there is great. So,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Um, We both been. So uh, before you talk about comics, I, I wanted to jump in and say, are you there's a couple other things on your list here. But uh, just to interject too, like talk about something we've both been doing is always sunny. Yeah, baby. 16. Season's over. It came it's as done. quick as it came. I, I left as quick as it came. It's, it's always such this, a bummer. It's
1: it's always a fast month as of late, but I do appreciate that they released them on Hulu. I think that's awesome. Better brand awareness, I think, for those that don't have cable. But yeah, man, this season was great. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That no, no like major there's no episode that I was like, eh, besides maybe the bowling one. But um
0: I watched the bowling one again like funnier i think funnier
1: i think yeah, frank better. putting the chili in the bully mall is something i'll never forget as long as i live
0: dude <laughs> i i think glenn howerton's acting in the scene where he punches the punching spoilers for all of so always sunny good. but like
1: so good he's like ah,
2: ah, broken
0: my hip. i broke every bone in my <laughs> yeah man he's fucking like it's, just, lights it's out. just it's just a it's just a soup of bone and blood in there
1: <laughs> it's so good yeah so, but i mean dennis takes a mental health day has to take the cake over frank versus russia right
0: i still think that frank versus russia gave me the biggest <laughs> laugh of the season which is the take end <laughs> but but I think that Dennis takes a mental health day. I just love Glenn Howerton's performance so much that it's that genius. ending that ending sequence with the montage, uh, the, the like the music video on the beach or whatever. I was in hysterics. I was, I, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't stop laughing. I thought the that funniest that was part
1: so of that episode for me was him talking to all the uh all the robot teleprompter people <laughs> when he's on the side of the road. And he's like, Dennis d as in dog e is no <laughs> it's just like
0: n as in no longer has the will to live or whatever
1: <laughs> so good um yeah, yeah i like I the whole so was fantastic uh coming from
0: customer service like i like the he's like i just gave you the information why isn't it why isn't your system i'm not mad at you i'm mad at the system
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was yeah. so fucking funny so yeah all in all 10 out of 10 season i, I mean i think personally like this might be this might be a hot take but I think the weakest link of the entire season was the Celebrity Booze episode. As much as I liked Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston in the episode, I thought that they were really funny. Like that episode I, mine,
1: to me... mm, mm, I have to go with Frank shoots the whole gang. I think that's oh, really? the weakest one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cuz like what else one. happens in that episode?
0: uh i mean it's just a lot of i like the, a lot of the good frank bits i like when they're like taking him around to like go see all the stuff oh, he's like a dog yeah he's like a dog and then there's the the great bit where he's like oh i almost ate my gun or whatever and he's like in the back of the car that shit yeah. cracks me up, man. i, I don't
1: know I, I just thought. like i like seeing brian and aaron paul but yeah I, too, I don't man. i don't think that this season really has many holes though which no, stands no, no, no. To a testament, yeah. I think I still think that I
0: went back through all the seasons and was like looking at them on IMDb. I still think that season twelve is the best. I don't think anything has ever come close to that. In my opinion, that's like the gang turns black. The gang goes to the water park. Hero or hate crime. Um, all that shit. That's yeah. like the that's like the best
1: season of all time. It's pretty good. I think season thirteen is also really, really good. Back to back years, they crushed it. Season thirteen has um the escape room episode, the bathroom crisis. The oh, Super Bowl yeah. two-parter i Mac love fun pride part. stuff like that um yeah th- uh the gang gets new wheels is like a subtle like low low-key really funny one for me too yeah yeah no I'll this is' I finish finisher we... car <laughs> <laughs> I start our car
0: yeah dude again just I'll reiterate this again blackberry y'all if y'all haven't yeah. seen blackberry, fucking run don't walk and rent that shit i'm pretty sure it's for on demand right now but yeah it's a little bit of money so if you can wait a little bit and see it you know if it's on a free subscription service that you pay for cool see that but man is it not one of the best movies of the year definitely in my top three nice so awesome um yeah beyond always
1: sunny you watched harley the anime i've been watching series? harley quinn the animated series it's my new gym show nice so I'm about, i'm almost done with season one it's hilarious if you're a DC Comics fan, check this shit out. I'm a little disappointed in myself that I'm so late to the game, but it is like uh, it's superhero satire, but specifically making fun of DC. So in the same vein as like Peacemaker and The Boys and stuff like that, and, and Invincible to an extent, but with all DC characters, um, and because it's animated, they can get with some weird stuff. Shout out to right, um, all the voice acting cast. Your guy Jason Alexander is in it. And he's fantastic. Uh he plays Cyborgman. <laughs> who is Jason Alexander, you mean like George from Seinfeld? No yeah.
0: shit. He's in the show?
1: Yeah, he plays Cyborgman, which is uh Poison Ivy's landlord. Um no shit. That, I
0: <laughs> you yeah. just
1: sold you just might have sold me on the show. He's fucking great. Uh but yeah, I mean it's got such a fun, colorful cast of like C level DC characters, you know? It feels very like James Gunn type but with like really raunchy and bloody because it's animated and Kaylee Kuko does such a great job with Harley. And I think her name is Lake Bell plays poison Ivy. They're fantastic. Um, King sharks in it. Clayface Dr. Psycho, the Joker, Giancarlo Esposito plays Lex Luthor, which is great. Fucking a, yeah, he's fantastic. Dijic Bader is Batman. So that's for, (laughs) and uh, yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. I think it's funny as shit. So, big fan so far um and then yeah i finished a book i finished the wager by david gran the the author of killers of the flower moon so i talked about it a little bit on the last pod um i wanted to bring it up because scorsese and leo has also bought the rights to that really as well so if killers does well i could see them adapting that book as well okay but really interesting story and i don't want to really dive into it too much because i do think it's a book that people should read so yeah the log line pitch is that there is a ship that crashes on an island in off the coast of chile and uh there's a mutiny that occurs which is pretty fun so okay yeah. cool you've been um, playing final I'm cur-
0: fantasy uh, sure yeah i i've been uh, so
1: zelda uh wrapped that shit up um you beat beat the boss i did not so you stopped playing without beating him okay so that bad
0: i I got really frustrated with the final boss and i uh, needed to take a break (laughs) i came back from the bachelor party final fantasy (laughs) yeah i came back from the bachelor party and i was like you know what i'm just gonna try to beat i'm gonna try and beat ganon and I got my ass just absolutely clowned out like about 12 Jesus times until Christ. I got so mad that I was like, okay, I'm playing something else. And so now I'm playing final fantasy, final fantasy 16. Wow. Um, I'll be like a known I'll, problem. Like, well, so here's what I'll say. I'm not, I'm not this, no spoilers at all, but you'll get to a point in the game where it's one of those, like, Oh, if you don't go, if you, you know, turn back now or whatever, if you go here, this is the final thing or whatever, but it's like, they don't really broadcast it that well. And I think I just like totally slipped by it. And so you you went in too early. I went in too early and now I'm stuck where it's like, okay, I could beat Ganon. I think what I'm going to have to eventually do is leave the spot that I'm at. But to do that, I'm going to have to boot from an old save. Because once you get to the spot where the final boss is, you can't fast travel out of there. So you have to load from an old save but what that means uh, is that like i lose like at least an hour of progress. So it's like i keep yeah. thinking it's like i keep getting confident in myself i'm like you know what i got him. I was like i might not be prepared enough but i got him and then I it's got like his
1: ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like Ugh!
0: i'm just getting like wa- i'm getting washed. So i just got very frustrated with it so i was like i just need to change the pace. Ragballing your ass around. Yeah. That's so so i i need to change of pace so yeah i'm playing final fantasy 16 it is excellent um i oh, was good. not I was not the hugest fan of final fantasy 15, but I loved what they did with seven remakes. So um,
1: I've never played a single final fantasy unless you count kingdom hearts.
0: I would count kingdom hearts. I think that. Okay. Then
1: I've played two. You played two. <laughs>
0: um, Yeah. Uh, Final fantasy 16 is really, really good. I like, you know, I mean, I did part of me really likes turn-based role-playing games. Final Fantasy 16 is really interesting because it's like more action based. So it's it's more of a it's you know, they've really changed the formula of these games. They're not like so much like it's not like Pokemon anymore, you know, where it's like, yeah, click heavy attack and then you attack and then your enemy attacks you. It's like the whole thing is active time battles. So you're going into these encounters and you're hitting the square button to slash your sword and then you're waiting for your cooldowns to go so that you can hit him with the, your spells and all that stuff. So it's much more involved and the story this time around, it's not like, Oh, fairies and mystical elements and oh, all this shit. Like it's, you can tell that they were heavily inspired by game of Thrones and George RR R. Martin, because the whole thing is just a very like grounded medieval sort of story of like kingdoms and warring factions and family and betrayal and so it's a lot more easy for me to follow it's not like the it's not like a story that's super like convoluted like you think final fantasy you think like oh my god it's like this super japanese crazy story that's all over the place but this is very very streamlined and straightforward it's almost like i feel like every cutscene is like i'm watching an episode of like fucking game of thrones so um it's good the story's got me invested. I like the characters a lot. Uh I like the gameplay quite a bit. The game looks amazing. Uh looks fun, fucking fantastic on PS5. Um so I'm really really enjoying it. It's a be
1: known for like good graphics. I might just be completely removed from Final Fantasy as a whole. I I guess I don't really know much about it at all.
0: Yeah, they've always been known at least from my like younger days. They've always been known for kind of like pushing the limits of console graphics because like Interesting. Final Fantasy seven was always a big deal. Like you can look up like a bunch of thing pieces on that game from back in the day. But like when that came out on PlayStation one, it was two discs because the game was like so big that you had to like switch the game halfway through. And it was just like, you know, it changed games for, for, for a whole generation of people like the 3d arts and environments and stuff. So final fantasy has always been pushing graphics forward. And this game is no exception. It looks fantastic.
1: That's cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I'm you very said you're much. Playing it on,
1: you're playing it on PS5, not an Xbox.
0: Nope, playing it on PS5. I, I, my Xbox is unplugged. It's sitting right here on my desk. It's a paperweight right now because <laughs> there is nothing to play on this son bitch. And there, Ask ain't that only, shit
1: my way for that indie game.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, there. The only thing I'll be playing on my Xbox this year, guaranteed, is Starfield. Um, Bethesda, oh, yeah. Bethesda's new uh, role playing game comes out this fall. Um, so it's gonna be a busy fall for me between Spider Man and starfield uh i think yeah. those are the two biggest heavy hitters really but um yeah. beyond starfield there is nothing to play on this xbox i mean i don't regret spending the 500 on it i've definitely gotten 500 hours of use out of this thing between like call of duty and the games i've played on game pass but it's like
2: sure.
0: xbox first party man it's just it is not where it's at if you want if you <laughs> want good first party <laughs> games that you can't play anywhere else via playstation yeah this has always been
1: team sony for sure on this podcast so no offense microsoft and xbox series exclusive exclusive
0: i like i like halo just as much as the
1: next guy but man i can't
0: it's fine it's halo the new halo is very fun but i played it for a week and i was about done with it so
1: i've only ever played one halo all the way through and that's the first one and then I played, like, a lot of Halo 2 and 3 at, like, sleepovers. No. So okay. I, I just was... remember getting energy Sword to death constantly. Dude, back in the, the day... Needler. I always thought the Needler was good. It's not... I used to
0: play so much Halo multiplayer, like Blood Gulch, just over and over and over again, like with the Needler and the Halo. Blood
1: Gulch. That was what it was, eh? What is Blood Gulch?
0: It's that map. The map with the two hard points on either end, and then, like, it comes in the middle, and there's... It's like the... Oh, the bottleneck. Yeah. The bottleneck map. If you look it up, it's the most famous Halo map. They've done it in every single fucking game. It's awesome. But... No, I don't know. Yeah, if you want, if you like your Xbox out there, interesting, write us in at at gmail.com. Tell me what the fuck you're playing, because I don't know what the fuck you're playing. There's nothing on this console. Like, until Starfield, until Indiana Jones, there is nothing out there. And by the way, sorry if I keep getting distracted looking out the window. It looks like the world is about to end outside in Cincinnati right now. Bad storm, huh? There is lightning everywhere. So I I am really hoping that the internet just doesn't decide to die on us. But um we'll be well, monitoring that throughout the show. Yeah, um just
1: keep me posted.
0: I'll keep you posted. Something I'm curious about on your list. We gotta we gotta start moving along to get to the news flashpoint. But you you yeah. brought up Christmas in July. Can you expound on this, my friend? Yeah.
1: So this past week was Christmas in July, 24th, 25th, Christmas in July, Eve, and Christmas in July. Um <laughs> Julia is a big Christmas person, uh, which I admire. And I was trying to play into the season. And I was like, Merry Christmas in July. She works with kids, uh, as you know, Zach, um, at her job and was looking for ways to entertain them. And so they made cookies and like did some Christmassy type decorating and stuff like that. But she also made a bracket March Madness style of Christmas movies for the kids to vote on their favorite Christmas movie. And whichever one won the bracket they were going to watch on tuesday so i wanted to read this bracket to you but i wanted to first before we did the bracket talk about a really weird abnormality on here which is that home alone's on the bracket mm. i don't know if you've heard of this movie or not but i have heard of this movie i was wondering if you if you have thought it does it deserved to be on this bracket or not yeah for sure. christmas in july
0: I, I sure why not? Because you know what? Christmas in July isn't a real holiday, so of course, this movie could be on there,
1: <laughs> but Christmas is a real holiday, and this is a real Christmas movie, so right? You bet, mm hmm. Yeah, you bet, you bet. <laughs> Go listen to the holiday draft if you want to hear more about what we're talking about. Um, I'll never <laughs> go I'll never...
0: the most angry, the angriest that John has ever been on this whole
1: pod. I'll never forgive him as long as he lives. And you're wrong, buddy. I love you very much. But you're a fucking clown if you say that it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's do the bracket together as as a team, if you don't mind, after I sure. make fun of you. Um, so it's catered to kids. You got to understand that. So there's going to be okay. some things on here that don't make a lot of sense. So in the top bracket, we have Elf versus the Jim Carrey Grinch. Elf. Definitely. Bottom left bracket, we have Home Alone versus the Santa Claus with Tim Allen.
0: It's got to be Home Alone. Sorry, Tim Allen. I love you, but it's got to be Home Alone.
1: We're two and two so far. Bottom right bracket, Nightmare Before Christmas or Polar Express? See, I would go Nightmare Before Christmas. I would also go Nightmare Before Christmas. Good. This is where the kids fucked us and the society is doomed. Top this bracket, is where the kids fucked us <laughs> up here. Top bracket. <laughs> Christmas story versus unaccompanied minors. It, they went with unaccompanied what minors. The fuck
0: is even that? What is what is that?
1: I don't know. I've never seen it, but they picked that unaccompanied over Unaccompanied minors? Story. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. What about like dwarves? No, no, no. Like unaccompanied minors like at an airport. Oh. Like kids that are under 18 that travel alone as an unaccompanied minor where like the airport staff takes care of them and stuff. They probably picked it because a lot of them travel to this camp as unaccompanied minors. Was this
0: one of those movies with like Selena Gomez and Jake Paul? He's got TikTokers on this shit or whatever.
1: No idea. But I also think this brings up a bigger question, which is, do you think kids know what a Christmas story is?
0: Like the Ralphie movie? Uh, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned as well. I would say that that's still a movie that parents show their kids, even younger parents that are having kids that are. How old are the kids that Julia's teaching?
1: I mean, the kids at this program, I think, are mostly in middle school to early high school range. So
0: so what ages are we talking? 13? Oh,
1: like 12? 11 to 14, I think.
0: 11 to 14? Yeah. I feel like their parents should still be showing them Christmas story.
1: So you blame the parents. I do I too. blame the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we narrowed down our final four. Uh, so we got Elf, Home Alone, Christmas Story, and Nightmare Before Christmas. So Elf or Home Alone, your personal pick, I'm assuming, is Elf.
0: No, I would actually go Home Alone. I, As you know, I think Elf is incredibly overrated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Another hot take about Christmas. <laughs> so I would go Home Alone in that scenario. Yeah. I
1: like Home Alone more. I, I would agree with you there. The John Hughes of it all. Kevin McCallish is a fucking stud. Yeah. Um, yeah shout out to that <laughs> christmas story versus nightmare before christmas though i think is is a, not a toss-up at all i think christmas yeah. story seals the cake
0: easy easy christmas story victory there
1: and then honestly between home alone and christmas story i don't even want to pick i love both of those movies so much those are my top two favorite christmas movies so christmas story yeah i figured Um, i give it to christmas story kids go watch christmas story if you're listening to this pod and your parents let you listen to this pod by yourself (laughs) take it from your uncle john and zach go watch a christmas story this year
0: if you're 13 or what did you say 11 to 14 write into radiovania show at gmail.com and let us know (laughs) You,
1: you might not have an email but i'm sure you'll figure it out you're probably already on threads it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like threads, except for you use an
0: email client like Google or Yahoo, like write us from your AOL. AOL. <laughs> <Send> us- <laughs> um, that
1: was fun. Yeah. Was and then I'll I'll breeze through these last two things here real quick. But uh, X-Wing Store Championship season is in full effect. So organized yeah. play has really kicked off. So I've actually been like taking it seriously. <laughs> Um, and I'm traveling to, to Detroit this weekend for a tournament. So, wish me is luck. there
0: any word on the, the Detroit tournament being live streamed? Can we tell the viewers if I'm able to publish this episode tomorrow? Can I tell people where to go watch your live stream X Wing tournament?
1: I don't know if it's going to be live streamed or not. Okay. The the new company um, Atomic Mass Games that has acquired X Wing as a property has made it a little bit. They're cracking down on the live streaming aspect of everything, um, at least on the digital portion of it i'm not entirely or like sure. r-
0: copyright issues
1: i don't know i think they like want to own live streaming for the events but this is a story championship so there's very very well possibility that there is so i figured if there is a live stream i'll let you know and then you could put it on the reinovania story
0: i absolutely do will do
1: that um so yeah wish me luck i'm flying the resistance check it out and then uh, out. <laughs> uh, yeah i've been re- lots of fun comics mostly dc because marvel has really lost my interest in the comic world and the tv world to be fair but um besides daredevil i'm pretty much only exclusively reading dc books or image um i got it i don't know you're not reading comics anymore right you're not still going to gorilla no i've I've got a whole stack of comics over there have i read them how big is this you you might have to stop paying for them man i appreciate you wanting to support the industry but they're just gonna sit the there forever no
0: i'm gonna read <laughs> them they're right over there i promise and uh I, I picked that invincible
1: up... compendium behind your shoulder doing too
0: so the adam eve series that do you see that they released an adam eve special on amazon and then they teased season two of invincible
1: ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: i can't wait baby i can't wait i'm very wait. excited um no, that I went up and picked comic books up this weekend, actually, uh, as Saturday before, before Barbie and, uh, picked up a variant cover that I guess I, they just ordered for me for daredevil, like 14 or whatever. And it's daredevil yeah. in a Spidey costume and it's sick. And I was like, this is That's fucking cool. cool.
1: Yeah. So you're still getting daredevil. Mm-hmm. You're still getting world's finest. Yes. That's my favorite book right now. I think. Really? Yeah. Very good. Um, And the writer of that has spun off and started writing Teen Titans as well. So I'm getting back into that. Nice. DC crossover called Night Terrors with K. It's okay. um, But it's got some of my favorite. Like DC has a lot more horror than Marvel. Um, It's got some of those horror characters like Swampy and stuff in it. So I'm digging it. And then Nightwing, just maybe one of the best runs on a comic that has existed in the last two years.
0: Okay. You also you made a point to mention to me that you're really enjoying the uh, the Dick Tracy. What? What? No, that's not it. What's the Dick Tracy? What? Hold on a second. Hold on. Jimmy Olsen. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> you're the Jimmy yeah. Olsen
1: trade. Grayson uh, loaned me his copy of Who Killed Jimmy Olsen, which is a trade written by Matt Fraction, who wrote the Hawkeye book that um, inspired the show, and it's hilarious. Really good. Really cool. Good. Just like anthology tales featuring Jimmy Olsen and lots of other superman type characters. Okay. Yeah.
0: Nice. That's all that I've been up to, which is a lot. Well, the only thing that I have on my list that you didn't talk about is uh The Most Primo TV of the Year baby Too Hot to Handle is back.
1: Oh, is it? I haven't it's I didn't watch back. last season. So I've only seen two seasons.
0: It's back the uh the the hit show on Netflix. Uh she's good. She's still a fucking robot. Uh the <laughs> show we should have known AI was coming ridiculous. for us when that, show, yeah.
1: that, when that show took off. Yeah,
0: When an AI starts telling me I can or can't have sex, that's when I know that I've fucked up big time. This world. I'm just going to take my neck and go like. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, this show is terrible, but it's hilarious. Um, It's gotten a lot of really great enjoyment. It's just been nice to watch some good trash TV. Turn your brain off at the end of a long work day. Just have a glass of wine yeah. and be like, you know what? I want to watch terrible people be terrible to each other. Yeah.
1: That's my advice is below deck for sure. Which sailing out season four, just wrapped actually to include that on here, but great time as always those reunion things though, when they did the zoom call with everybody, Jesus, Jesus Christ. It's just like, just brings up room for people to watch the show and then come back a year later and talk about the drama. It seems exhausting. So Yeah.
0: I was just thinking like, imagine if we were on that show,
1: like, on too hot to handle sure you would have wasted all ten thousand dollars within the first day or two <laughs> i don't know dude i feel i feel like I, i've got some self-control <laughs> i mean maybe i like hmm, this is different this is an off mic topic off mic
0: topic we <laughs> yeah. will table this one for now yeah 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 all right well <laughs> that's good we've been up to a lot of good stuff but now it's time to take a trip to the news flashpoint. Do we need to t- before you'd been in land? Do we need to take like a break
1: at all? Or are you feeling good? Do you want to just keep rolling? No, I'm going to get some wine here in a second, but I don't have to go very far. It's just over my shoulder. Um, But before I do the da, I was wondering if now that the flash is done, do we want to change it from the news flashpoint to something else? Were we calling it the news flashpoint because the flash
0: movie was coming out? I think that it was just turned yeah, into the news flashpoint
1: point. flashpoint.
0: But I thought it just became the news flashpoint because it, originally the segment was called the news like news flash, you know. Like, mm-hmm. but then we were like, oh, it's a comic booky thing. We're a com.
1: We we like comics on this show. I'm just saying, should we retire the flash as a whole and just call it like something news else point, news? <laughs> not news point, <laughs> something else with news. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know. We can workshop it. I I feel like uh, it might be hard to get rid of that. What are we gonna do instead? Would we change the jingle?
1: No, we keep the jingle. We kind of keep the jingle.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> the call jingle. It something else.
1: I don't What's, know. Uh, I was, I was just trying a... to play Devil's Advocate. Da-da-da-da-da! Let's go.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> we can think about it. Maybe there's like a Batman specific. What's like Bat News? Bat. Take a trip to the Bat. Bat the computer. Bat signal. But how's that relate
1: to the news? I don't know. That's where Batman gets his news from Gordon. He goes to the signal and gordon's like you'll never believe who broke out of arkham this time <laughs> he's like is it the joker and he's like yeah it's the joker he's like yeah actually you got me
0: <laughs> he's like i was gonna try to make it a big surprise dude it is the gordon the joker.
1: gordon and the harley quinn show is so fucking funny it's so good who plays gordon um i think his name is like chris maloney he's the he's the oh. military officer for man of steel a good
0: death is its own reward
1: yep that guy yeah, I like Chris Maloney. He's in
0: uh, fucking Grey's Anatomy. He's yeah, he's McSteamy, right? Nope, <laughs> I don't
1: think so. I've All only right, we're going to take it. <laughs> I've only seen two episodes. No, four episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Two at the beginning, the very first two, and then like two in the middle of something else. I think my, my so my girlfriend
0: is a nurse and she's she's seen. I think she said she's seen every single episode of Grey's Anatomy.
1: So that's also akin to playing 500 Hours of Destiny, I think, right? I think <laughs> that that probably equates. Yeah, it's pretty much one for There's one. There's like 25 fucking seasons in that show, man.
0: Yeah, I know. And and Christian Grey or whatever is still fucking doing his thing, you know? He's not in John time to take a trip to the news flashpoint. And the first news story we got is about uh, Kevin Spacey. i'm
1: gonna grab some wine real quick (laughs) and man this is the time where i really wish we
0: had a soundboard
1: (laughs) uh
0: yeah we don't often read news stories from the ap or reuters but here we go we got a news story from the ap um a uk jury has acquitted kevin spacey of sexual assault charges based on allegations by four men over the last 20 years um I won't read much of this story because I don't think there's a whole lot that we want to commentate on this. But I do think it's interesting to note just as a, you know, as a piece of history, I guess, while we're doing this podcast. But a jury in London has acquitted Kevin Spacey of sexual assault Wednesday, uh, this past Wednesday, July 26th, after the Oscar winner's star turned as a witness in his own defense spared him a possible prison term and offered him hope of a career comeback after for six years without a job. Um the final not gu- guilty verdict was read the Austin 6 winner years
1: lo- that means we've been doing radiovania for more than 6 years
0: yep um oh my god where's <laughs> the thing about the if I <laughs>
1: could put time in a bottle <laughs>
0: Yeah, three men, three men accused Spacey of aggressively grabbing their crotches, describing him as, quote, vile and slippery, snaky predator. A fourth aspiring actor said he awoke to the actor performing oral sex on him after falling asleep or passing out on Spacey's London apartment. Uh, This was back during the the height of the Me Too uh, bandwagon back in um, 2017. Yeah, so so yeah 2017 there it is yeah the men came forward as the after the american actor accused spacey of sexual misconduct as the hashtag me too movement heated up in 2017 so um wait so um, one person
1: says they woke up and kevin spacey was blowing him yes that's probably why i woke up (laughs) sorry it does (laughs) not cut that (laughs) it's
2: not good Oh, no
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's a that's a core memory right there
2: that <laughs> that was that was
1: <laughs> this <is> so bad
2: <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry to the victim of this heinous crime and to all those who believe in me as a human. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
0: yeah. So um, wow, that was <laughs> awesome. But here so I just wanted to bring the story up. I don't know if there's really much that you or I want to say about this situation. Obviously, we're just a couple of chuckleheads kind of making fun of, you know, we're we're lighthearted. We're not providing any serious political or serious allegational like introspective opinions here. We're just here to be fun and talk about the news and stuff like that. I felt like this was historic to bring up because Kevin Spacey was probably one of the biggest actors of our generation, like of our time
1: growing up. I mean, when, when these allegations came out, he was still doing house of cards and that was like one of the biggest drivers of Netflix for such a long time. Um, I mean, but yeah, he's been in, he's been in popular movies for as long as I can remember usual suspects um all that kind of stuff so yeah seven
0: is a big one for me baby Driver is one of my favorite movies of the last decade and he's in that seven
1: um, don't you mean what's in the box <laughs> what's in the fucking box <laughs> as
0: you what's like to the say box
2: <laughs>
0: um but yeah some so a lot of people are pointing out this is just a uk jury that's acquitted to him he still has to face charges yeah. in the states yep. um so we'll see what happens here because only it's, one
1: of the people that came forward was from the uk right
0: I think yeah. that that's the case, but I don't know. Again, like we're not here to we're not here to give super in depth journalistic reporting. We're just reporting on the fact that Kevin Spacey was one of those people that did get quote unquote canceled and was heavily allegated against during the Me Too movement, and now it's just interesting. Like it's taken so long, but we there's actually some sort of development. One one country jury has found him, you know. I don't know if not guilty is the right word, but they have
1: acquitted him it's of not, these it's charges. Definitely not guilty. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's that's not what I would that's not what I would say is um acquitted means necessarily. But sure. Yeah, we'll see what some of the other cases have to say. I would still say he's definitely canceled though. I mean, even beyond even beyond allegations or not, it seems like he was not a fun person to be around. You know what I mean? So Definitely doesn't give off pretty the much, aura, The kind of pretty guy, pretty much you don't like want all of his characters. With. Yeah, his character in Baby Driver is probably as close to him as a person. As, I would as assume so. Yeah, say. that was probably
0: yeah. a really easy role for him to do.
1: Or horrible bosses.
0: Yeah. Oh wow, I forgot about horrible bosses.
1: Yeah, remember he's married to Julie Bowen in that movie. She's great.
0: Vaguely. Anyway. But yeah, so that's Kevin Spacey. We'll uh, we'll keep on the Kevin the Spacey watch and the Spacey jam. <laughs> Spacey jam. <laughs> Um you wanna slam. <laughs> John after last uh, the last episode with Tommy Touchdown and Mission Impossible um it was literally like hours after we recorded that podcast the next day we were driving up to Northport Michigan and the news broke that the screen actors guild is on strike yeah. Yeah. so it's been a couple weeks um i put an article here in the mm-hmm. chat I don't know if I'm going to read the entire thing, but basically what you need to know is that actors and writers are both striking. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago where the Writers Guild of America was on strike uh, due to a, a big sticking point right now is like streaming residuals and fair pay for writers. Uh, and the Screen Actors Guild has now joined them. So you might have seen news reports out there of like they were on the press tour for Oppenheimer and Barbie. And, and believe- during during the press tour, they had to leave because the strike went into effect and members of the Screen Actors Guild were no longer able to appear in like red carpet events and press events. So yeah. um, this is big. This is the first time in 63 years that uh, the actors and screenwriters have both been on strike. So this is a pretty historic moment Um Fran Drescher, the president of SAG-AFTRA, noted that, quote, the entire business model has been changed Uh, when she announced the strike on Thursday, quote, this is a moment in history, a moment of truth. At some point, you have to say, no, we're not going to take this anymore, Uh, end quote. There it's a lot of you know there's a lot of stuff up in the air they're trying to work out a deal it doesn't really seem that hollywood like the studios are really budging on any of their terms this is like i've read a lot of think pieces out there people saying that this is going to be pretty ugly and last for quite a while um but there's an interesting piece here that i want to read and then i want to kind of get your take uh on this here what will happen to my tv shows and movies john It will take a while for filmgoers to notice a change since most of the movies scheduled for release this year have already been shot. But TV viewers are already seeing the strike's effects and it drags on. Popular shows could see their next seasons delayed. Late night shows are already airing reruns because of the writer's strike and the vast majority of TV and film productions have already shut down or paused production. Big name shows like Yellow Jackets, Severance and Stranger Things halted work after the writer's strike began. It's not clear if their upcoming seasons will be delayed. Disney announced several changes to its theatrical release calendar in June amid the writer's strike. Now, the actor strike will add even greater upheaval. During the first two weeks of July, no scripted TV permits were issued in the entire L.A. County, according to Film L.A., which tracks production activity. Film and TV shows that have completed shooting and are already in post-production can likely stay on schedule because the work remaining does not typically involve writers or actors. But participating in film or television production with any of the studios is now off the table, with very few exceptions. That means within a few months, beginning with the fall lineup, viewers will begin to notice broader changes to their TV diet. So this could drag on for a while. Uh, Writers have been walking the picket lines for more than 70 days, and their union, the Writers Guild of America, has yet to return to bargaining with the studios. The last time the writers and actors went on strike in the same time was in 1960, when Ronald Reagan was president of the Screen Actors Well, (laughs) <laughs> screenwriters have walked out Dude, several times Reagan.
1: can i just say that real quick <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: the the 2007 strike which what do you think of when you think of the 2007 strike what's the first thing that comes to mind lost exactly that's exactly what i think of as well that lasted 100 days the actor's last stage a major walkout in 1980 which lasted more than three months damn so this is happening this is serious we've uh you know i I don't really know if there's a whole lot to say, but I'm assuming you've kind of been keeping up with some of the stories. We, you know, it's hard to kind of, it's hard to avoid it. It's a pretty big deal. Sure, um, sure. Fair compensation for workers in this country is an interesting thing, and around the world. I mean, I mean this is
1: this is across the board, even beyond yeah. Hollywood. We we just, you know, we talk about pop culture and entertainment here as a whole, but like UPS just recently was threatening to go on strike unless their needs were met, and thankfully the union. Um, was able to get the deal that they wanted. Um, Obviously it would have been wild if just like strikes across the board started happening as everybody kind of united together, but kudos to all of those boys in Brown and, and ladies in Brown for getting, um getting what's rightfully theirs. So, you know, I hope that, I hope that everyone is able to have these, these needs met. It doesn't seem like they're asking for much for the studios to not be caving so much is, is so, um, annoying and you know it's just more one percenter bullshit in this country that we don't need to necessarily spend too much time talking about but like just fucking pay people like they're doing all the groundwork you know Bob Iger is not starring in Ahsoka I mean he's just approving it yeah he didn't even approve it originally so like just fucking pay people you know what I mean and uh It'll be interesting in terms of the, the the ripple effect that it has on content over the next couple of years. You and I were talking about like it might be time to rewatch some stuff that's already come out, maybe that you missed things like that, like The Irishman.
0: Um, <laughs> I will watch The Irishman before Killers of the Flower Moon comes out. I promise you this. I promise you this.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. That was so condescending. Mm-hmm. If you don't, <laughs> I get to shave. I get to shave a Wolverine type trench down your beard give you mutton chops would that make me more attractive yeah but it's fun for me to <laughs> take away part of your identity can you at least <laughs> can you just shave my taint Call, it, call oh it i'm it? not touching your taint at all <laughs> <laughs> brian cranston
0: delivered a fiery speech at the sag after a strike rally in times square on tuesday which included a message directed at disney head bob Iger. I want to read you this quote because this is awesome. Okay. Quote, we've got a message for Mr. Iger. And just imagine him at like WWE Smackdown. Fucking
1: Walter White. (laughs) Mr. Iger. (laughs) (laughs)
0: We've got a message for Mr. Iger, Cranston said from the stage of the Rock the City for Fair Contract Rally. Quote, I know, sir, that you look at things through a different lens. We don't expect you to understand who we are, but we ask you to hear us and beyond that to listen to us when we tell you we will not be having our jobs taken away and given to robots. We will not have you take away our right to work and earn a decent living. And lastly, most importantly, we will not allow you to take away our dignity. We are union through and through all the way till the end. End quote. What a guy.
1: What a a fucking, what a fucking guy.
0: So not only is Brian Cranston joining the picket line for the sag after strike, but they're also not in a not just are they calling out fair compensation for the writers, fair compensation for the actors, all this stuff streaming residuals, but they're also talking about the advancements in AI and studios threatening to use AI to be writers. And I just like the idea of <laughs> I like Bryan Cranston. He's like Hulk, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. He's like, fuck no, brother. <laughs> He's like, fuck these robots, brother. You're not taking away our jobs with robots, brother.
1: I kind of want to see just one season of a Marvel show that's written by robots. Just one. I just want to see how bad it is. I'm know?
0: pretty sure that Secret Invasion was written by a robot because <laughs> it doesn't feel like it was written by a human being. That show feels like it was written by Chad <laughs> Straight up.
1: Yeah. Straight up. I, I think that they should not be using ai for lots of different things but that's you know that's a different conversation yeah so
0: radiovania stands with sag aftra uh we stand with writers and and the people that are creatives in the hollywood industry and in pop culture we wouldn't get the stuff that we're getting without victims of
1: injustice
0: the people at the yeah. top are making too yeah. much money. The rent is too damn high. I think that you would probably agree with me when I say that, that <laughs> I think that uh, the wealth in this country is fucking whack. I don't know. Maybe that's.
1: Yeah. That being said, Zach, we need to talk about my residuals for the few of us so we can schedule a call. <laughs> it's because I need to pay my rent.
0: That 25 cent ad revenue from those 4,000 people. that have watched it <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on strike. <laughs>
1: No more radio video appearances for me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, um
0: speaking of Bob, speaking of Bobby, Uncle Bob. Bobby. Uh Disney's pulling back on making Marvel and Star Wars content, says Bob Iger. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a novel idea. The move comes as the company is looking to cut costs during a time when its recent films from Marvel to animation have all underwhelmed at the box office. Quote You pull back not just to focus, but also as part of our cost and containment initiative, spending less on what we make and making less, Iger said Thursday. Earlier this year, Disney rolled out a broad reorganization of the business that included a $5.5 billion in cutting costs, of which $3 billion would be slashed from content, excluding sports. Iger said Thursday, that a lot of decisions were made to prop up the company's flagship streaming service, Disney Plus, and beckon more customers. While also noting that Disney had some Pixar animation misses in recent months, he called out Marvel as being a particular example of the company's quote, zeal to pump up its original content on streaming. Quote, Marvel is a great example of that. It had not been in the television business at any significant level. Shots to Daredevil there. And for damn.
1: <laughs> damn. And,
0: and not only did they increase their movie output, but they ended up making a number of TV series, said Iger. Quote, frankly, it diluted focus and attention, end quote. Disney acquired Marvel for more than $4 billion back in 2009, and the franchise has since grossed billions and billions of dollars at the global box office for the company. Earlier this year, Iger said the company needed to assess how many sequels each character had in the MCU, and it was time to explore, quote, newness for the brand. He added there was, quote, nothing in any way inherently off in terms of the Marvel brand, uh, which is a weird thing to say at an investor conference. Uh, earlier this year, Ant Man debuted as the 31st film in the MCU, kicking off the fifth phase in the 15 year old franchise. This film had seen the sharpest decline in ticket sales, and uh, but meanwhile, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has done much better, grossing more than 800 million globally. Um, so yeah. On Thursday, Iger said it was possible the company would license Disney content to other streaming platforms. He said it's a possibility; I won't rule it out. This it's a fascinating interview. You can go listen to a lot of stuff that Bob Iger has said. You, you, you perfect. Pre- previously, you previously praised Mr. Bob Iger. What do you feel about his statements in terms of like? You know, kind of being. He's what do you mean kind of by being praise,
1: like... Mr. Bob Iger? Hold on, we just talked about the writer's certain and Not, actor's turn. Praise isn't the right word, but Bob paycheck. You didn't like. J-Pack. I don't. I didn't like JPEG. No. Okay. I think he, he did that. You... Dil- I think he did dilute brands. He he spread things out way too thin, and then tried to recover some of those costs by upping up prices for tickets, and concessions at the theme parks, which I don't think is the theme parks' fault specifically, regardless of how you feel about going to Disney World. Um. So, do you think Iger's comments
0: here are more in cons- or are more like side shots at Jpec to say like he he diluted the brand? We're gonna pull back. So, you think that this is necessarily not him? Like, I don't think Bob Iger
1: would have ordered an Echo show. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think I think JPEG was just like he gave everyone the green light and was like, "I need ten shows from Star Wars, thirteen shows from Marvel, blah blah blah, x amount of Pixar films." I mean, elemental, I haven't seen. I've heard it's charming to an extent, but like, how different is it really than like Zootopia or Inside Out? Like the, the bottom line being raised has made for, I think you and I would both agree, especially given even just, just take Marvel out of the equation. We can talk about that in a minute. Star Wars, the last couple of years, has not been remarkable for me, at least, with the exception of Andor. Um, in terms of originality, like I feel like there's just been a lot of reiterating the same thing over and over again across all these Disney properties. So I, I kind of agree. I think that they spread themselves way too thin. And if this means they're going to cut some stuff that I wasn't already excited about, I think that's fine. Focus things back down to what it should be about. Yeah. Agreed. I, 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 don't think that anything he's saying is off
0: base. I definitely think that it is time for a restructuring and, and what we've talked about this whole, fucking summer is like every episode we do this we talk about movies that have lost money we're we're going to talk about two movies this week that have made a shit ton of money Yep. Um, But it's like this year has been the year of just overinflated budgets. The Flash being three hundred million dollars, Indiana Jones being three hundred million dollars, like
1: three to five hundred million dollars. It, it's yeah.
0: insane. The Disney has just let their budgets, and a lot of tent studios have just let their budgets go wild. And it's no no shit that they're not making their their budgets back. It's like
1: all I'm gonna say is Oppenheimer, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and Barbie are writer director combos, and those are all profitable because. Their fucking heart and soul are bled into those three movies. Yep. And those are the three best movies of the year for me. You know what I mean? Like, easily, with the exception of like Spider Verse and other things that I haven't seen that I can't claim. But like, yeah. The Disney stuff, Star Wars, Marvel, fucking all these like spin off shows, like my parents, like National Treasure, whatever. I'm sure it's completely hollow. And that's just kind of how a lot of this stuff is felt. So, yeah. And I want it to be good. When they acquired Lucasfilm, they must have felt like they bought a bank that had the license to print its own money. And now it's a fucking joke. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it's a, it's a sinkhole of money. Like even the Mandalorian can't save that shit anyway. Like they're just fucking losing it. They they better prepare their
0: fucking they better, they better strap the fuck in for whatever the next Star Wars film project is. It better be a Handleable budget, like you can't. I like Dave Filoni as much as the next guy, but you can't have Dave Filoni do *Air to the Empire* and have it be a 350 400 hundred million dollar project and expect that it's gonna do *Force Awakens* numbers. Like we gotta, we gotta scale it back. Like I just think across the board, we
1: gotta start scaling the shit back. Yeah, the one that has the potential to be low budget is the James Mangold one, I think. But the old Empire one or whatever, like the first Jedi, the, whatever. That's the Dawn of the Jedi or whatever yeah i really hope i really hope
0: that that's good (laughs) i I mean i hope the ray
1: one's good like they're fucking that that's how desperate they are they're already reaching back into that and like if they bring her back and it's bad like the last two movies with ray in it in my opinion will have been bad (laughs) and i'm just like that is disappointing to me because almost fucking 10 years ago zachary in two years the force awakens will be 10 years old and we couldn't have been we couldn't have been higher on that actress as a whole. And I haven't fucking seen her since Yeah, Rise of so
0: Skywalker. um Daisy Ridley Ridley starring starring a movie by a 24 Have you heard about this thing? No. Hold on one second. But uh bit of a little bit
1: of a little bit of He's to to lead us to your base. a please. I'm just going to keep talking about the Force Awakens unless. Yeah, you that's fine. Faster. Everyone loves the Force. little you're You're gonna Uh, jump out of here at light speed i never asked my question that so until after i've
0: done it okay so maybe it's not an a24 production but daisy ridley's starring in a movie coming out later this year uh it comes out this fall called sometimes i think about dying and it was a sundance film festival pick from a director named rachel lambert who was the director of uh i can feel you watching in 2021 in the radiant city She's done a bunch of short films, but it's a art house film with Daisy Ridley as the star. This is her first big project, really, aside from fucking murder on the Orient Express, really, that I can think of with Daisy Ridley. Um, and I'm excited about this movie just because I really thought that she was going to just blow up. But she's just not she has not done that. She kind of made Something her bag on Star have, Wars yeah. and Something then just kind of uh, disappeared.
1: She must have just been taking a break, you know? Yeah. After dedicating almost a decade of your life to making Star Wars movies, though, I think I would want to break too. Hmm. Well, speaking of Star Wars.
0: Yeah. Donald Glover and brother brother Stephen to write Lando series at Disney Plus as Justin yeah. Simeon exits. So yeah, just as Bob, <laughs> Bob
1: Iger Bob is like, we're going to rain it back on Star Wars content. Actually, <laughs> Lando, baby. It's Lando time. Well, they've signed on to write it. It doesn't mean that it's going to be made. We should put that out there. Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't mean that this, this will be could made. get backgirled as fast as anything else. You know what it I mean? Sure. could. That being but- said, Donald Glover writing his own Lando stuff sounds fucking fantastic sure does. Brothers Donald
0: and Steven Glover have signed on to write Lucasfilm's Lando series for Disney Plus. Variety has confirmed. News first broke of a Lando Calrissian limited series being in the works back in December of 2020. At the time quote, uh, at the time, Dear White People creator Justin Simeon was attached to the project, though it seems he was no longer attached as Variety has been told the Glover Brothers will be writing the series alone, which is just a, a cool name Glover by brothers. the way. The Glover the Brothers. Um, Glover
1: Brothers. <laughs> um,
0: Simeon most recently directed Disney's Haunted mansion which is scheduled for a july 28th
1: release i'm excited it's tomorrow i should be seeing it right now greetings <laughs> <laughs> foolish mortals so before i talk about haunted mansion because i wanted to,
0: that to just be a natural segue what's your temperature mm-hmm. on a lando calrissian disney plus series is this is this what you want
1: lukewarm lukewarm i would rather pun? <laughs> good one <laughs> I would rather see a Lando movie than a Lando TV show. I would agree with you. Um, You have to think that this Lando series, unless it takes place before Solo, will feature on his own. He doesn't have Phoebe Waller-Bridge, L3. He doesn't have the Falcon because he lost that fair and square baby. So we'll see. Unless, again, yeah, it's earlier in time. He still has the Falcon. I don't know what they're going to do, but... I love Lando Calrissian. I think he's a great character and I want that character to be in more stuff. And as much as I love Billy D Williams as we talked about when we talked about Celebration, he is no longer in a fit state of mind to be able to play the character. Um so I would love to see more adventures of Lando that don't make me feel <laughs> sad. <laughs> so and I think I think Donald Glover is easily the best part of that movie. So I agree. That was the thing that I was the
0: most anticipating for solo was I like Donald Glover so much that I was like, I can't wait to see him as Lando Calrissian. And when he didn't blow me away, I was a little let down. And I think that that was probably due to the direction. Cause I think that his acting chops are no doubt like amazing. I think Donald Glover is just an incredible entertaining personality. I just think that, you know, we disagree on this, but I just think the direction of that movie is just a little bit all over the place. I mean, it changed hands went from Lord Miller to, to, the fact that the movie is
1: already a marvel in and of itself. Yeah. Like it could have been way worse. <laughs> like, oh, it definitely way worse. worse. So kudos to Ron Howard for finishing it. Obviously, we would still love to see the Lord and Miller version of the movie, but release the Lord Miller cut. I think he's the. I think he's the clear standout of that movie. If it's not him, it's probably fucking Chewy. You know, yeah. or uh, Woody. I like Woody. I don't know. Yeah, I, dude. Give do me you some like Woody. I like you like, to buy, a you like Tobias Beckett in Solo. Yeah. You like that character? I also oh, really was, like. I think uh, fucking uh,
0: what's his name? Paul Bettany was like one of the fucking best parts of the movie too. Oh, yeah. I really Dryden like Dryden Voss. Yeah,
1: yeah. When Can you, fucking, you believe that I remember when his he's name? like when they're like when <laughs> Hold on like...
0: one second. Can we just have a moment? Can you? Thank you so much. I very rarely. Do I get the recognition? Honestly, dude, I for- thought you
1: didn't. I thought you didn't care about me. So that's just, I just that pulled just proved- that name out of
0: my asshole. Do you do you realize? Do you realize how deep in my brain I had to pull to get that? I can't remember my birthday sometimes. you <laughs> and I just pulled the name Dryden Voss out of my ass. Both names too,
1: first and surname. That's impressive. Hey, cheers to you. Cheers to Dryden Voss. What a fucking night. <laughs> I'll be here all week. I love one of my favorite cuts in that movie is when they're like when um Woody's like where's where's uh Dryden and Amelia Clark's like he's meeting with the governor and it cuts and he's like stabbing the governor <laughs> it's like yeah, okay crazy. he's a cool guy more shit like that that's totally a, a Lord and Miller edit that's like Lord and Miller
0: comedy that's also that's a, a, a Star T. that's
1: Star Wars comedy that's like sure I'm gonna go and apologize to Lord Vader myself apologies accepted Captain you Nita know, he's just like dead on the floor <laughs> so yeah yeah i like that movie we need that's gonna be when we ever whenever we do in star wars in review the solo episode's gonna be amazing it's gonna be such an interesting pod to do what if
0: what if i just love it like the second time around i haven't watched it since the theater what if i just end up like loving it
1: i think that would be fantastic
0: you're like i would love
1: you so much more as a friend no not so much more you're great you're you're fucking fantastic friend. You're i just great. i would respect you more i like you too you're great like hey i like you too let's talk about some dog shit though then we can
0: talk about some dog oh yeah shit well that was oh, so my segue was gonna be The director Simeon that was going to do the Lando show is was the director of Disney's Haunted Mansion.
1: Oh, let's talk about some potential dog shit then.
0: Well, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna talk about some potential dog shit and the fact that Disney's Haunted Mansion, a movie that I think it's safe to say both you and I were anticipating, got a great cast.
1: I'm still anticipating it. Okay, Lakey Stanfield, Danny DeVito, Jamie Lee Curtis,
0: Jamie Lee Curtis,
1: Rosario Dawson, Rosario Dawson, Owen um, Wilson. I mean, the hits just keep coming. After the that. hits keep coming. The, eh.
0: the review embargo lifted this past week, and it's currently sitting at a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, a uh, 40% critic recommendation with 122 verified reviews. Um, this is already a movie. I don't really have much to say about this, but I will say I want to hear your opinion and like where you're kind of at with the movie. You mentioned that you're going to still go see it in the theater, but like I'm going to see it Tuesday. This movie already had an uphill climb disney plus has been struggling disney itself has been struggling with theatrical releases except this, for guardians yeah. <laughs> except for guardians but this is uh this certainly can't be what they were hoping for with this review embargo like they were hoping i think for really positive word of mouth like a pirates of the caribbean style word of mouth for this sort of movie um, absolutely they're spending a lot of money it. on i suppose so but like does, those doesn't doesn't curse of the black have pearl the have like a 90 percent rotten Tomatoes? well
1: Curse of the black pearl aside not all of those pirate movies have have stellar reviews but
0: no but they they did follow fuck i just dropped my wine oh shit spilling no we're good
1: nice well done i mean listen haunted mansion one of my top five favorite disney world rides of all time definitely it's a classic I'm excited. I'm going to go see the cast. I love all the actors involved. I'm sure it's going to be fun. I I bet you I go see it and it's like Jurassic World Dominion where it's like, I'm in, I'm out. Never think about it again, but I had a good time. You know what I mean? Okay. It's the summer. It's the summer of love, man. Let's just love everything that's in the theater. Let's just get after it. With how many movies I've seen in the theater this year,
0: this is one of those where it's like, okay, if the reviews were super positive and the word of mouth was super positive, I probably would have paid to see it on like a value Tuesday. But because... Of this. You want I don't I... pay six
1: dollars to see this movie? If it's fucking hot as balls, maybe I'm gonna see it on Tuesday. It's six bucks. It's fucking six bucks. Whatever. It's Danny. I support Danny. I'm here. I'm it's here for you, Danny. Baby. Danny. <laughs> Danny.
0: Danny. You're <laughs> trying to strangle Danny.
1: Yeah. What the fuck are you
0: talking about? <laughs> are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> All right, well I'm glad to hear that you're still excited about the haunted mansion. Something uh, I don't think either of us are excited about is Secret Invasion. Um John, have you watched Secret Invasion yet or no?
1: I thought it was supposed to be a secret. Um no, I haven't. I haven't okay. seen a single minute. Are you interested the in watching it? The only thing I've seen all? from Secret Invasion is the image you texted me last night and the
0: trailer. <laughs> yeah, spoilers, there's an image going around of Amelia Clark with like a CG arm or whatever it's that's a going Super on Scroll Twitter. Arm it looks terrible it looks like something out of like an asylum movie like it looks like something from sharknado that's how bad it is seriously it's yeah. it's atrocious um but what was Secret she in... thinking i don't know what she was thinking she... i don't know i don't know whatever she's in the disney bag now she was fucking Ellie okay. Dela fucking whatever her name is for
1: the thing in Solo and now she's uh Ellie's Dela whatever her name was. It's so <laughs> funny you remember Dryden Voss but you can't remember Kira. Oh Kira, 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 Kira. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie Dela. I was thinking Ellie Dela Cruz. <laughs> Ellie Dela's Cruz. <laughs> remember me. <laughs> Yeah, it's a secret invasion People you're gonna
0: come it. to me by the way when I have full-on dementia and you come to my hospital bed you're gonna be like it's me Jonathan we did we did a hundred a thousand episodes of radiomania and yeah. I'm gonna go <laughs> though I have to say
2: <laughs> when I hear a sad guitar No,
1: I'm gonna play future days and it's gonna, it's gonna uh, bring you back to life take me back <laughs> bring me back yeah take you right out of death's clutches you well, like, I
0: got two more years left in the tank. <laughs> Did Last of Us Part Three come out? Was it good? I don't it was remember. Excellent. <laughs> uh, well, the Secret Invasion finale is officially the worst-rated Marvel title in the history of the franchise. Um, currently, on Rotten Tomatoes, it sits at just about eleven percent. Oof. Um, the Oops, show that's not what you want. Is not what you want. The show is just bombing. Like from what I've heard, like anecdotal evidence on the web just seems to point that no one's watching the show. There's no buzz at all. I don't hear any of my coworkers talking about it. I haven't heard any of my friends talk about it. No one's really buzzing about the show. I don't know. This is like, this is like the first huge MCU flop. And uh, this is like, this is big. This is unprecedented. I'm scared if I'm the Marvels, honestly. Terrified. How much do you think that movie costs? I bet you that movie costs two hundred fifty at least.
1: Yeah, maybe. Then how much stuff they do in space versus on land? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, check it out. Plus, you gotta, you know, you gotta think that there's a lot of visual effects involved because it's a Marvel movie, so it's pretty um... crazy where we wound up here
0: that guys kind
1: of researching thing
0: so the only thing that i've got right here is that it looks like it was an article from forbes uh back in april of this year apparently two months into the butt into the filming for the marvels the budget was sitting at 130 million
1: after two months jesus <laughs> jesus h christ
0: you give him bob Iger a heart attack
1: (laughs) he's like (laughs) (laughs) "Oh,
2: how many cats
1: (laughs) how many are there (laughs) (laughs) how many how many uh what are they called (laughs) flerkins how many flerkins did you kill
0: (laughs) are they all alive uh yeah so i don't know secret invasion do you have any idea that you're gonna watch this or do you think you're just gonna let it slip
1: not anymore. I was hoping that it would like gain traction and then I'd be like, oh, I was a couple weeks late, but I'll watch it. Um, But no, definitely not now.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine yeah. I'm ever going to get to it.
1: I like Sam Jackson. I like Ben Mendelsohn. I like I like Amelia Clark. I know you have some some ups and downs with her, but I'm just uh not interested. And I like Secret Invasion as a as a plot theory. But dwindling it down on such a small scale i just don't care doesn't so. seem like it did it justice we could talk about the spoiler though if you want since neither of us care i saw yeah, spoilers a spoiler who gives on a Instagram. Fuck. skip ahead yeah. literally 60 seconds because i'm gonna go yeah 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 don Cheadle's a scroll that's cool bring back terrence howard who gives a fuck do it do it, cowards. <laughs> do a- do it apparently cowards. martin freeman's a scroll too oh really yeah interesting yeah. But it's like and how long they, they uh and then how long have they been scrolls? They scrolls got
0: these people kept up because at one point they, they say they humans. don't tell you
1: Yeah, they don't tell you yet. That's, That's some, probably why people that don't is like some the shit. They killed Colby Smolders. I saw so that. Dead. That's in the yeah. first episode they kill they kill her. Damn man. wild They killed Ben Mendelssohn too, apparently. Really? So I heard. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> Um,
0: speaking of other flops here, we got one more news topic to talk about before we get to the, uh, the piece, the resistance, um, yeah. blue beetle. Are you, are you sick of hearing that yet? Are you sick of hearing that trailer yet? I've How seen
1: blue. I think the blue beetle trailer, trailer is the blue beetle trailer. I think is the trailer I've seen the most this year.
0: I think it might be the trailer I've seen the most of my life. I've seen it in front. <laughs> it was in front of seriously. They, they, Warner brothers has been no, shoving that one shit movie, down our
1: throat. There's a movie that, that was in front of The Force Awakens, and I feel like I saw that trailer a million times. I don't remember what it was, though. Oh, it was the Independence Day sequel. Oh, Resurgence? <laughs> They're back.
0: They're back. <laughs> <laughs> no, The Blue Beetle. Uh, It's official, John. Box office predictions are in, and uh, would you be surprised to hear that it's uh, not good? Not looking good.
1: Why... So why didn't they pull this one?
0: How is it? Maybe they're worried. How how do we live in a world
1: where releasing this in theaters is more profitable than releasing Batgirl to HBO? I have no fucking earthly idea. Yeah. I think it's safe to say you and I are not going to go see this in theaters.
0: No, I do not want to see this movie in theaters until James Gunn says this is part of the
1: DC. Well, we're we're, we're officially calling this. We're not doing this, right? We're this not doing not, this. This is not in the DCU, nor is okay. it in the DCU. James Gunn just said that the actor who plays Blue Beetle will be potentially featured in future projects. Okay, so then no, this movie's kind of like this movie's kind of this movie's kind of like Blade. You know what I mean? It's like the Wesley Snipes Blade. It's not in any particular universe but he might come back. Okay.
0: Well, the article says the 2023 struggle for DC movies continues to make its impact on the cinematic landscape. And it's about to hit its own Marion trench with the arrival of blue beetle. According to box office predictions, black Adam and the flash both deliver. uh Oh, sorry. According to the box office predictions, period. There's a period there. Black Adam and the flash both delivered reasonable opening weekends, but ultimately failed on account of their massive budgets. Less about Shazam! Fury of the Gods underwhelming performance than better. However, they could all pale in comparison to the incredibly low 12 to 17 million opening weekend
1: being projected for the Blue Beetle. That's Susan Sarandon's salary right there. And
0: she's in, <laughs>
1: she's the villain. That's crazy. If uh,
0: that's the projections crazy. turn to be accurate, not only will Blue Beetle have the worst opening for a DC movie in recent memory, discounting Wonder Woman 1984, which... COVID pulled out 16.7 million in its day and date release. But yeah. the film is also predicted predicted to earn just 55 million in its entire domestic box office total. Considering the movie comes out with a 120 million dollar budget, this result will be
1: nothing short of another disaster for Warner Brothers Discovery. So what happens? <laughs> what happens? Dude <laughs> Aquaman comes out later this year. We haven't seen a trailer. Nope, no trailer. You think that movie gets pulled?
0: I don't know. I
1: I think, it I, might. think I think I think the fact that we haven't it. seen it. I think the fact that we haven't seen a trailer means that they're gonna pull it. How and just cut their losses. But I actually think that, that that is the one movie that this year could have actually made money for them. The
0: only reason that I can think that they wouldn't pull it is that they're going off of like they're telling the executives in the boardroom. The boardroom. There. Imagine this giant boardroom. It's like Doctor Strange Love, right? It's that giant boardroom like with like the, the light. Or like the Oscorp. With- yeah. no, you can't do this to me. Do you know how much I've sacrificed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's Max. It's,
1: Max, please.
0: <laughs> it's James Gunn talking to all these people, right? And and he's like, listen, remember Aquaman, remember a billion dollar earner aquaman that movie made a billion dollars they're like why why couldn't this do the same thing it's like that's probably the only thing that's keeping this from being pulled
1: is that everyone is thinking like well the first one made a billion dollars why can't this one why haven't we seen anything though i'm googling this what is up with aquaman lost kingdom i seriously think it's just cold
0: feet i think that they're just like worried to release it because like i i don't I, I really do I really really do think that they're worried that it's going to just be another fucking flop. It's
1: supposed to come out December 20th.
0: That's not That's happening. In
1: 5 months.
0: They're already advertising Willy Wonka. That shit comes out on Christmas Day at the same time.
1: Jason Momoa, Amber Heard, Willem Dafoe, Patrick Wilson, Dolph Lundgren, Yaya, Tamora Morrison, Nicole Kidman all returning. I'd also rather learn how, how Willy Park. became Wonka than see Aquaman 2. <laughs> Here's the thing I will say though, if this movie does come out, I love that they're like, you know what? We already have two villains. We're not gonna introduce a third one. We're just gonna keep developing those two. That's and that's enticing to me. Give me Yaya, or give me death. It has a $205 million budget. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the other reason they can't pull it, is that they spent a shitload of money. How much was directed
2: by, budget directed before by getting da- pulled?
1: Well, this is this is not good. Directed by James Gunn, story or sorry, Juan. Story by James Wan, Jason Momoa, and De- David <laughs> Leslie, Jason McGordrick. So Momoa is a co-writer. There's going to be so many yeah brothers and woos in that script. That my
0: I man. Mean, uh, and my man. I just don't know if I can take it, man.
1: Remember when they announced the spin off movie, The Trench? And then the, that, yeah. got, that got fucking canned so fast.
0: God bless you, COVID. You, d- you did one thing. You killed The Trench. You killed that movie. From ever being made.
1: Oh my God.
0: But yeah. Well, so we'll find out, man. If this whole podcast has been any indication, John and I are worried. The budgets are out of control. These movies are going crazy. Studios. Except for the Barbenheimer. Except for Barbenheimer. Okay. So we're going to take a little bit of a break here before, but that is it for the news flashpoint coming up here in just a short minute. We're going to get your review, our reviews, the Radio crew reviews barbenheimer the cinematic event of near, i say it the century
1: fuck yeah baby Can't we'll wait. be
0: right back after this advertisement welcome back to radiovania we are officially here we have finished the news flashpoint and we are here to do the piece de resistance the creme de la creamy. it is the topic of the show this week it
1: is barbenheimer barbenheimer the event of the century
0: the event of the century, uh, not just the event of the century, but the fourth biggest box office weekend in history, Yep. right? The film sales from both of these movies coming out in the theaters uh, was accumulated to the fourth, fourth highest weekend in the entire history of the box office. So this is a pretty historic thing. I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, your experience going to see the movies, the order that you saw them in. We're going to kind of talk about them and it's going to be gloves off. So, you know, I think that we before we talk about anything else, I would recommend
1: that you see both of these movies in the theater. One hundred and fifty thousand percent. Yeah. Okay, Yeah. Even if you haven't seen them yet, you still have plenty of time to go see them.
0: Yeah, I think that these are movies that are safe to be in the theater for at least another couple weekends. So you've got you've got some, a good chunk of time to go see these. I think that both of them are well worth your time and money to go see in the theater. I think the sooner you can go and see these in a great theater setting, I uh, I think you should take advantage to do so. But everything else that we talk about from this point on will be spoiler spoiler filled. Okay. Yes. Cool. That being said, tell me the about bomb your experience. Goes off
1: oh sorry <laughs>
0: he sets off a bomb in barbie <laughs>
1: so you want me to go first
0: <clears throat> well so i you made up a great point i was before this segment i was like okay so how which one do you want to talk about first and you said we should talk about how we saw them so i think that that's actually a great a great way to kind of introduce i have this. great so, ideas sometimes
1: so to go, go for it I want yeah. i want to hear what you got so on friday the 21st on release day i was in florida I was in Fort Myers area, Sanibel, with Julia visiting her friends, Bree and Trev, who hosted us for the weekend. Shout out to them. They're great. Um, And the four of us went and saw Oppenheimer. And we saw that in a packed theater. But we saw it in a regular old movie theater, Zach. And I'm talking a classic movie theater. These seats do not recline. They have the upholstery backing, not leather at all. They have... Palm trees that are ornately cut out of wood, like on the walls and stuff. It was the what most the like old timey <laughs> theater I've ever been to in the last couple of years, but it was awesome. It was a great theater experience mixed of age, definitely. But this theater was packed for Barbenheimer that day packed. Um, I wanted to get a drink because it was a three hour movie. I was going to get Thursday. I ate a giant burrito beforehand from most shout out to most. Um, <laughs> and we got in there and the line for the concession stand was all the way to the, the like double doors where yes. you're after you buy your tickets. And we showed up literally five minutes before our screening. So I was like, I guess I'm not going to get a drink. And um, I watched a three-hour movie directed by Christopher Nolan on a thirsty throat. But I still thoroughly enjoyed myself seeing that. Cut to Tuesday is when I saw Barbie. So I took a couple days off. Because, again, I was down in Florida traveling. I got home at 4 a.m. on Monday, coming back because of flight delays. Monday, I went to bed early. Tuesday, me, Tahir, and Grayson rolled up deep to the Cinemark Valley View. And because we were so late in buying our tickets, we sat front row, baby. of oh, Fucking Barbie. <laughs> but we had a full house for that as well. Um, every on show a time Tuesday. Was- is discount Discount Tuesday, so that that is enticing enough. But also, this movie is just a fucking juggernaut, and we had a sold out show. We were front and center. I specific I specifically booked. If you are buying tickets to Barbie, and you really only have one or two days to go see it, but well, you're going to a theater that has the different sized rooms, where it's like this one seats 200, this one seats like 30 book the smaller one because being in the front row of a smaller screen is not that bad because it's it's not you don't have to look as far to the right or the left for stuff so um but yeah dude just three guys wearing pink rolling deep to barbie it was a good time we had we're all three of you time. wearing pink uh, well i brought grace in a pink a pink shirt but he refused to wear it so but to and <laughs> i were wearing pink.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's a to and you you went to wore pink yes we did what did Grayson wear? Was he dressed like black? Like He's, Ken? you
1: know, his normal crew neck sweatshirt and jeans. Yeah, nice. Huh? Yeah. Okay. He was eating pistachios and spitting the shells into a uh, grocery bag, and, <laughs> 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 well, and sound like, he sounds like a like a fucking homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> awesome. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time. So that was my Barbenheimer long weekend experience. Okay. So for
0: me. Um, my, I knew that this past weekend I was going to be here in Cincinnati. We had just come back from the bachelor party in Michigan. Shout out to Ben yeah. again. Shout out to Ben. And Congrats. My girlfriend, Emily, and I, we were like, okay, we know we want to do the Barbenheimer experience, but do we want to do a double feature? No, we want to see them on different days. We want to spread this out just a little bit, but we both wanted to see both movies. So we booked on the Tuesday before the weekend, we were able to book both really good seats like center right for in the middle of the the auditorium for a dolby screening of barbie on saturday evening and then a sunday evening screening of oppenheimer in imax okay so Saturday evening, I was able to see Barbie in uh, Dolby Projection, which is always great. I mean, I think that Dolby is the best way to see movies that we have available to us in this current modern age. I just think the, the, the picture quality is perfect. I think that the right. sound quality is where it's at. Like, really deep bass, really great theater-filling sound. It's not, like, all tinny and, like, the fucking highs are scooped down because you're seeing it with like a theater that has like six screens i just remember back in the day like seeing movies at like the sticky floor theater in lebanon ohio
1: yeah and the um fuck the, the colony square Col- cinema colony square cinema yeah five dollars That theater is dog shit you go see i a saw the-, the avengers at that theater <laughs> oh my god Best one of the best movie theater experiences of my life. The place yeah. was fucking like Lollapalooza in 1994. Were you getting like a handy while you saw that, or whatever? Yeah, Connor was giving me a fucking hand job <laughs> when he said, "Shout he out got, to Connor."
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I, but it's just like I. So Barbie, I saw in Dolby. I still think that's the best way to see uh, a movie right now is just in Dolby. And then the IMAX showing of Oppenheimer was excellent. Uh, the projection was really, really great. It's not real IMAX. Obviously, Did Oppenheimer you see was 70. No. So 70 millimeter IMAX for Oppenheimer is only showing in 18 theaters across the country. The nearest one to Cincinnati is in Indianapolis, Indiana. So I'm assuming um, that's the nearest and, one in Cleveland, too. Is it and your boy's not about. No, there's one in Detroit. So I think that that actually might be closer to you. So you actually might be able to see a 70 millimeter showing in Detroit. yeah
1: um, Interesting. If I go like zero and three to start the (laughs) tournament, I just leave and go see Oppie. (laughs) I'm out. 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 (laughs) (laughs) See
2: you
0: guys. Uh, No, but I saw it on a standard IMAX projection, which is just the the IMAX ratio on a on a bigger auditorium. Yeah. So that was my experience. There's really not a whole lot to talk about other than the fact that uh both show times. So. Uh, It was a hot weekend in Cincinnati. Weather was was hot. So it was a good weekend to spend in the theater. Another reason why these movies are just, you know, coming out at a great time. It's hot this weekend. There's a heat advisory in Cincinnati, too. So I'm assuming a lot of folks are going to be at the theater this weekend as well. Um, But it was just a cool experience, like without talking about the qualities of the movies themselves, like being at a theater where a ton of people are just wearing pink. People have their dresses on. People are excited our theater for Barbie was so into the movie. I can't, I can't tell you the last time, maybe the last time was Avengers Endgame, where where theater was that into a movie clapping at certain parts, cheering when certain things happen, yeah. laughing for me, you the last sniffles in the movie the whole time. Like when yeah, people the last one I remember stuff. was uh no way home. Sure. That's another good analog. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, I have nothing to complain about. I, my experience was great. Um, I only had to shush Any kids? two families. You didn't
1: have. Oh, you uh, you did. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Yep.
1: But that's par for the course, man. <laughs> <laughs> if Zach didn't shush a family, then it must be fucking Bo is afraid. <laughs> <laughs> no one said shit during my screening of Bo is I'm Afraid. Sure that, no one didn't. said fucking shit. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. I think it's funny that you and I had very different viewing experiences and are both still high on the movie. You saw it in the way that Zach likes to see movies, front and center, best picture possible. I was like, I'll just see him anyway. You were like, like, here's my money.
2: Men of Means.
1: (laughs) Men of Means over here. Yeah. Oh, God. So fucking good.
0: But all right. So then that being said, so we did it opposite order. quick.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. How did you feel about seeing Barbie and then Oppenheimer in terms of your soul? So I think it plays into how I felt about each one of the movies. I actually
0: think that I actually think that um, I would have rather
1: flipped them. I think I, I did it the right way. I think, I think you did Oppenheimer the right first way. is definitely the way to go.
0: <laughs> I think you did it the right way. I because it's like it's like a marathon, right? They tell you like you know you exert a lot of your energy right at the very beginning, and then at the
1: end you kind of want to just coast it. Isn't Does, that what they say? That, I don't think so. <laughs> I think you said someone called can, Nate. Someone get Nate. I think Nate you, you conserve your energy and then you spurt at the end. Oh really? Yeah. Fuck do you I don't want to get gassed immediately. <laughs> anyway, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Well, my analogy sucks balls. So I was just, I was just going to say, it was like, I think that you want to exert Oppenheimer is definitely a more like heady movie that you want, like more, much more heavy themes that you want to kind of think about. I think that that's much more what you take at the very beginning. And then you cleanse your palate with Barbie. I think that that's the way to do it. I, I think that it just worked out that Barbie worked better for a Saturday night date night. We went out to dinner and all that stuff and then saw Barbie. And then Sunday it was like, okay, you we are lazy.
1: Huh? Where'd you go to dinner?
0: A uh, awesome restaurant in Cincinnati called Fulang Thang in uh, the Finley Market. Yeah, I got some pho.
1: So some it was fucking... like 100 degrees outside and you ate hot soup.
0: In an air-conditioned environment, <laughs> you fucking animal. <laughs> you guys are
1: fucking idiots. <laughs> it was delicious.
0: It, it, just because sure, it's, it's hot
1: outside. Just because it's hot outside, I'm not going to rob myself of soup. I don't eat soup in the summer. That's fucking heinous. Yeah, no way. Dude, I cooked, absolutely not. I cooked a fucking thing of chili a couple weeks ago. What is wrong with you? It's July. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you want to fucking flick me off? Let's Fuck do this. The world. <laughs> did you make at least did you at least make real chili or or is this fucking Cincinnati? No, I made BS? No, I make real chili.
0: I only order Cincinnati Cincinnati chili. I'm not, I don't know, even I've never made it like homemade. So when I make oh, really? chili at home, I just make it traditional style. A lot of lot of chunk turkey or, or ground beef, a lot so of chunk. fucking beans.
1: All right hey you guys (laughs) do the you do the shuffle shuffle
0: (laughs) you're coming home with me now (laughs) because i I love love you you. (laughs) okay so we need to come to we need to come to a decision because the world is waiting we've been on this podcast for two hours let's talk about oppenheimer first we need to talk about oppenheimer first
1: yeah yeah okay i think that's the most logical place to start otherwise this pod's gonna end on a fucking downer okay oppenheimer It is a Christopher Nolan written
0: and directed film released on July 21st, 2023. The movie had a budget, a fucking budget of $100 million.
1: So good. Which is $80
0: million less than Disney's Haunted Mansion.
1: It's amazing. <laughs> uh,
0: the movie is is completely star-studded. It stars Killian Murphy as J. Robert Oppenheimer, Emily Blunt as Kitty Oppenheimer, Matt Damon as Leslie Groves Jr., Robert Downey Jr. as Lewis Strauss, Kenneth brana Florence Pugh. The list goes on and Casey on Affleck. and on. Yeah. Casey Affleck. Spoilers. Well, we're in the spoiler section yeah, here. I did not know that he was in the top. movie. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Oppenheimer is based on the book American Prometheus, which is the yeah. story of J. Robert Oppenheimer, who was the father, quote unquote, the father of the atomic bomb. Um, it is Nolan's first movie since Tenet. And before we dive into Oppenheimer, uh, we have to break this news. I did God. it. You finally watched Tenet. Uh, I
1: finally did it. Zach and I watched it returning from the draft. Stone cold sober. Um, what did we eat for dinner that night? I don't remember. Weed weed well besides that yeah <laughs> we had pizza from we Dina's pizza. pizza in cleveland that, that place was delicious by the way um yeah we ate pizza we got high and we watched tenant and let me tell you that movie's fucking bonkers but i'm glad i finally saw it so i was yeah. i liked it i thought it was good yeah it's good it's
0: not the most not my favorite great, it's not the greatest thing in the world but i definitely think that it's a movie it's better worth than watching. dunkirk it's better that's than for dunkirk. sure yeah <laughs> i agree with you there john david um,
1: washington is a star Um, so is, uh, fucking, uh, Rob Pat. He's awesome. For sure. I missed Um, Rob Pat in this movie. I was hoping he'd, he'd show up suddenly, but he didn't.
0: Oppenheimer, a couple quick facts to note here before we get into our opinions in the movie. Uh, The most interesting thing to me here, I mean, running time, 180 minutes. It's a three hour and six minute movie, I think is where exactly it comes down on. Uh, And it was shot completely in 70 millimeter IMAX. And and like we said earlier, there's only like 18 theaters in the United States. You can see an IMAX 70 millimeter print desperately wish that I was close enough to one of these to justify going to see it in that because I think it would be an excellent
1: experience. What did we see Joker in? We saw Joker in 50 millimeter if I'm not mistaken. Okay, And we saw you and I were you at Hateful Eight? No, I did not get to see the road show okay. of Hateful Eight. We saw that in 80. That was pretty sick.
0: Yeah, I really wish I could have. I, I The heard that best the film experience film.
1: I've seen is definitely when we saw Joker though. For yeah. sure. Me too. I except love the for, fucking the crackles. And oh yeah. is he dying? Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say except for your ex that was keeling over from food poisoning. <laughs> fucking food poisoning from an avocado somehow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. But yeah. So, Oppenheimer, um, doing really, really well right now. It's sitting at a domestic take of 117 million with an international box office of 123 for a worldwide take of 241 million. Dollars off a one hundred million dollars budget. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, this is Christopher Nolan's twelfth movie. Damn. Really? If I'm not mistaken. Um. That's awesome. But yeah, right now it's currently sitting it. at a ninety four percent critic recommendation on Rotten Tomatoes with three hundred and eighty five verified reviews and a ninety two percent audience score. Um, John.
1: Twelve movies. You You're right. Congratulations. What? Thank you. Twelve movies. What did you think of Oppenheimer? I loved it. I thought it was, well, like first of all, it's just excellently paced, in my opinion, for a three-hour movie. I think that that should go without saying. Uh, sometimes these movies tend to drag on a little bit, but I think like this and the Batman and and um, you know other movies are are paced really well lately with the three-hour cuts if they're done by the right filmmakers i love the performances i think they're great i think the intensity even though you know what's going to happen is just so palpable like i felt like i was on the edge of my seat for certain sequences all of the like hat on a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat cameos was like kind of like after a while it was just like who are they're gonna get next and then you're like who and like you're thinking right at least you and i maybe i don't know about everyone else but like you and I have seen almost every Christopher Nolan movie. You're like, okay, who from the catalog is he going to pull into the next scene? Like, you know what I mean? And so, like, you get like a Gary Oldman. You're like, of course he'd be in this movie. You know what I mean? It's fucking Gordon. Um, but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was incredibly fascinating. It is inc- It is so dark to think about. It's. It's. You have to. You have to understand that this is. You know, literally a man who incited something that would change the world. And that last little moment that he has with Albert Einstein just leaves you in despair where you're like, oh, shit, (laughs) you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, like we're fucking doomed. And after we saw this movie, uh, Julia's friend Bree had just come off of a really long work week. We gave them the option, Barbie or Oppenheimer first. They chose Oppenheimer. She was brain dead after this movie. I shit you not. She was like broken in tears. Couldn't comprehend, was just like wallowing in despair. Oh like God. it wasn't like the movie like just like broke her. Um, <laughs> and Julie and I were just like, This movie fucking fools, like like it's got so much good commentary on society and history and um real world implications to right now. I think, and I think also just like in terms of how it's edited, it is so good. Like him experiencing the feeling of nuclear bombs. Around him in scenes where there's not an actual detonation going off. It's just such a it's such a cool way to frame everything. Um, and I love the the POV aspect where it's like the Robert Downey Jr. stuff from Strauss's perspective is in like black and white, and then like the as like a third person almost and the Oppenheimer stuff is in color. I think that's really cool. So great like filmmaking, like warping of the aspect ratios and the color gradients and, uh, the sound and everything. And, um, yeah, I thought it was really good. What about you? Oppenheimer more like Oppenheimer.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: What a um, swerve.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I like the movie. I think that it is incredibly well produced and created. I think that, uh, it's, is it Christopher Nolan's best movie? Maybe is it my favorite movie of his B- no fucking way on it depends God's on greener. what
1: do you what do you mean like technical achievement is it his best i still say a lot no. of people flip the truck in the dark night
0: a lot a of people truck. are saying a lot of people are saying that this is his best crafted movie from a script perspective from a visual effects pers- perspective like a lot of visual people on the internet I disagree are with
1: but that's okay
0: I mean, the, the movie is fucking impressive. It's a $100 million movie that's all fucking practical effects. They recreated that bomb test yeah, bomb. But it's
1: also really easy to film people in a fucking classroom. You know what I mean? Sure.
0: But it's not Dark super Knight, easy they, to recreate I'm not gonna... a, a test bomb
1: explosion. <laughs> okay, well, that's where all the budget went. Besides that, everyone else is just hanging out, you know, yeah. talking about right. shit. Putting marbles into bulls, you so. <laughs>
0: No, yeah, I, here's where I stand on the movie. I I, I, th- I, feel a lot with this movie the same way that I felt with Dunkirk, unfortunately, where I like Christopher Nolan. I know that I might be starting to become in the minority because a lot of people seem to be really appreciating this movie. And I'm really, really glad that people are really enjoying Oppenheimer. But here's my thing is that, like, I really think that Christopher Nolan was one of those very few truly unique visionaries in Hollywood that was able to be given a budget and do whatever they wanted. Even though Tenet didn't necessarily work 100% for me, I still really like the concept of the the idea of that movie. Sci-fi, James Bond, heist movie, right? I really like that idea and the way that he's able to put that spin on it, that unique Christopher Nolan spin. This movie is a lot like Dunkirk to me where it's just very, it's very dry. And I, I I'm I think it's incredibly well created. I think all the performances are stellar. I think the visual effects are spectacular. The editing is really good. The message of the movie is fantastic. I think, like you said, the last hour of the movie with the court carrying with with Strauss and Rami Malek giving the testimony and, and all that stuff. That
1: part. Yeah,
0: I really like Rami Malek from when he shows up there, and I also really liked fucking Han Solo. What's his name? Alden Ehrenreich? Alden
1: Ehrenreich. I saw him and I was like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's good. I, he's, he's really great. good in the movie, and I really liked all that stuff in there. But you know, I and I thought that the movie leaves you with a really haunting sense of like, wow. You really feel like this was like a. It's probably the mo- one of the more powerful biopics I've seen ever, but it's just—is this what I want from Christopher Nolan? The answer, in my opinion, is no. I okay. I don't want him to make these kind of movies, even though this is probably one of the most well crafted movies. I it's just it bothers me that he's not utilizing his full creative talent set. Like I think that this is an excellently crafted biopic, but. Yeah. I will probably never, ever watch this movie ever again in my life. And that was really? what I was that was what I was talking about with uh, with my uh-huh. girlfriend, Emily. We left the theater and we were both like, wow, that was like a really great movie. And we talked about like we had a really great conversation about like the headiness of the themes and like how like this dude impacted all of our lives and, you know, the yeah. historical aspects. But it's like, you know, I just can't imagine in my own life one random Saturday being like, hmm, you know what I feel like watching right now is Oppenheimer. I feel like throwing on Oppenheimer and sitting on my couch for three hours watching this existential dread dramedy of like, I think that the performances are great. I think there are certain scenes that are excellent. I, that whole scene of them making the bomb and executing the Trinity test bomb, I think is one of the most strikingly beautiful things ever put on film there's like an
1: hour on either end that I just thought was, you know, a little bit dull. Yeah. So I couldn't disagree more. I think it's entirely fascinating. Um, you had me up until the Dunkirk comparison. Cause I actually think Dunkirk's script is really weak and that's a visual movie. And this has a good script and is not as visually striking personally for me. Um, I can't wait to watch it again, just because there's so many characters and like, small things that I just want to go back and, and dissect again like hmm. the stuff with him in um and like him and Florence Pugh and him and Emily Blunt they're two different relationships that they have like I just feel like on repeat viewings would really be be able to give me a little bit more of a um insight into into Oppenheimer as a character and stuff and I just I loved Matt Damon in this movie I thought he was so funny Crummult fucking Bernard from Santa Claus was crushing it uh, as his friend
0: yeah it was um, that guy i was like i was yeah. the whole movie i was like Who's the fuck Isaac is this and why do i recognize him and then yeah i looked it up afterwards and it's fucking bernard he's fucking
1: great <laughs> he's fucking great i think this movie's great i don't think it's his best um and i also don't think it it's my favorite but i i can definitely see myself re this again i loved it I thought that was great interesting yeah you know it's i it, really liked it too and shout out to her um cool we had, yeah. we've had a lot of interesting conversations after that and i you know me i love movies with an incites conversation afterwards so yeah
0: yeah no i, I trust me uh, this would have been a movie that like you know if we walked out of it it would have been really cool to just be like hang out in the parking lot you know and just talk about the movie like you know have a drink and you know have a beer or a cocktail and like talk about the movie because i think that the you know it's obvious here that christopher nolan wasn't just trying to create an entertaining movie he's trying to make a movie that like elicits an emotional response from you and it definitely does the end of the movie it definitely elicits an emotional response and that's why i can't say the movie is bad and i i you know i i let i let off with that joke but i've been thinking about that all week so i just kind of wanted to say it
1: um but who was your favorite cameo um. Oh, sorry to cut you off. You can finish your point. Please. No, no, no. The only the only thing I was just
0: going to say is that, like, I just wish that you know, I, th- I not that I wish. I think that you know, the the merit of this movie is that I think it's just an incredibly well crafted movie. I just didn't enjoy myself really watching it. But th- that's also not the point, you know. I and don't. This think is that the that most
1: th- I've enjoyed myself seeing a Christopher Nolan movie probably since Interstellar. Huh yeah but maybe maybe i also just really like this aspect of history more i don't know okay
0: yeah i i guess that was just i mean like tenant definitely no i still think that's the bottom of the list for me in terms of nolan movies i think this is like a step or two above of that i was, i would put this above insomnia insomnia yeah, you, and you had, the had me put my
1: rankings together so do i have to have, to have that
0: well, we can get to that right before we switch to Barbie. Oh, okay, got it. Um, I don't really have a whole lot else to say. I mean, I I want to know like some of your favorite scenes or like moments that you really loved in the movie. You asked me who was my favorite cameo. I mean, yeah. I I was legitimately shocked when Casey Affleck showed up. Like literally, legitimately shocked. Oh, so good, that's um, great. And I I thought that he was excellent in that Are you role. you Telling
1: me that you got a you got a friend who is in contact with the Soviets.
0: I'm seriously smoking like, in here mac <laughs> like he gives he gives all about five minutes of dialogue but like you can tell from the tone of his voice and his facial in, in, inflections like that this dude is like fucking crazy and uh it's just casey affleck is just a great actor and you know i
1: yeah. just thought
0: that it was a uh, it was cool to see him again for it had it been like so long i mean what was it was was fucking, uh, this really sad movie, the Boondock Saints or whatever. not that one. What's Manchester the Manchester by the Manchester sea. by the Sea? Thank you so much. What was that yeah. like the last big Casey
1: Affleck movie? Uh, I'm pulling him up. Um, it might be. I mean, he won an Oscar for that. So that's probably the last big one. Yeah, I, I love Casey Chucky. I had a double burger. <laughs> Let's see Oppenheimer. And then he's been in a couple of smaller movies. Uh, old man in the gun. He was in. Oh, he
0: was in that. That's right. I forgot. That uh,
1: the last movie of note that you've seen is a ghost story. That one
0: of my favorite movies of all time. I would probably put that in my top twenty or thirty favorite movies ever made. That's you've not part. seen that right. So here's what I'm saying right now. I'm trying just to as, not
1: be depressed.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. Is but <laughs> when I when pod, I have
1: when I'm with when I start fucking tail spinning, I will watch that shit.
0: No, no, no. I think what you need to do is like when you and Julia have a night where you want to watch like a movie together, you guys cuddle up under a blanket and watch that together. And I guarantee fucking to you, you'll get you'll have like one of the best conversations of your life afterwards.
1: All right, all right. I'll, I'll take that
0: in seriously. If y'all out there haven't seen a ghost story, go fucking watch that movie. It is. You like
1: it more than Oppenheimer?
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a question.
0: Not even a question. And so, okay. So, what you asked me what my cameos were? I really liked. Yeah. I really like Casey Affleck. Um, there was another one that jumped out at me that I'm like totally blanking on right now. I I thought. So let me Canada- let me
1: read you some big names here. Okay. These are not main characters. Okay. These are so like I think there's like ten main characters ish. Obviously, besides Killian, I think gave a great performance. Um, Jack Quaid, Josh Peck,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: um, Megan. <laughs> we already talked about Holden Aaron Reich, Dave Desmalchen.
0: Oh Yeah, he's in Matthew
1: nice. Modine, Jason Clark. Jason Clark was really good in this.
0: Jason movie. Clark was really good in the movie.
1: Uh, Josh Hartnett. Shout out to fucking yeah. Black Hawk Down um Alex Wolf and hereditary uh who else we got here Gary Oldman that Truman that was pretty cool. yeah
0: that's probably the best scene in the movie for me that's the scene of the movie is and then is Robbie, the Gary Oldman's speech
1: you like the Truman speech the most I think that scene is the you most know that's powerful a real scene that, in the movie
0: that's a real story that actually that's happened. crazy like that that to me is where the movie like that's one of my favorite moments of the entire movie where it's like the moment that actually made me like roll my eyes and shake my head is the whole like you have blood on your hands or whatever get his that whole, cry baby
1: out of here yeah
0: get that cry baby yeah. out of my office don't let him come back in here yeah that whole scene i thought was just so expertly acted dude Craig, gary oldman
1: just what a just what an all-time so, man. that guy's he's just already so, played he's already played fdr i think and he's played herman mankiewicz and he's played churchill and now he's played Truman. So if he plays Stalin, he would have gone for the full gauntlet from the, the right. allied powers. <laughs> it's like his version of the EGOT. Yeah. Casey, <laughs> you, you stole mine. Casey was my favorite. I think that's one of the best scenes of the movie. My favorite scene of the movie is the um, auditorium after they yes. tested the bomb. And he's like witnessing people like cheering but he can't hear anything and that lady's face is like ripping apart and stuff that scene is fucking dope as shit um i also i mean yeah we already talked about it but i think alden's great and then i i think florence Pugh and emily blunt are kind of a little underserved and i think i do think christopher nolan has a problem with women
0: and we yes. need to talk
1: about this his female <laughs> characters are often underbaked um Emily Blunt is a little bit obviously more fleshed out in this movie her scene at the end in the deposition with Jason Clark, I think is the best scene for her acting totally But besides that like Florence Pugh's just like there's one scene that she's really good in but both of the scenes that she's in she's naked which is just kind of like you know at one point as guys we're just like hell yeah but in other respects it's like why (laughs) you know what I mean like I don't really understand
0: No, I think Christopher Nolan has some sort of complex with like. He wants to have these like these fucking. Complicated, like powerful genius men that aren't understood by people. Sure. Yeah. So and then he has these women characters that always just he's never written a movie with a female lead. Like I, I would be fascinated to know if he's just like doesn't feel like he can do that like empathize with the female perspective and write a female character if he yeah. just feels like he just never can do that because like yeah all of it would
1: be a good female lead for a nolan movie
0: give it to florence Pugh. give it to fucking emily blunt they were both great in this movie the problem with, is that they're just side with, uh, line. they're just characters on the sideline
1: i'm gonna go with saoirse
0: ronan Chose, I love Cersei Roman. I I, 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 I mean, like also too, um, Marion Cotillard. I think the strongest female that he's ever written in a movie is now Ma in Inception. It's just the fact that she's just she's crazy. You're waiting
1: for a train. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. He,
0: OK, so jumping off a point, because like, I don't know, I I don't really have much extra commentary to add to the fact that I think Nolan needs to look inside of himself for these this this issue because it multiple. Would you say people. you were
1: overall disappointed like were you expecting a twist of anything with Oppenheimer
0: yeah no I think the movie was exactly what I was expecting it was you expected
1: I, it to be a straightforward historical drama yeah
0: I I think I expected it was going to be a, a straightforward biopic and I got what I expected I think that the movie is you know excellently well made it's just very artfully crafted I just you know yeah this this just isn't the movie that i like like this is the problem is that like um i don't like historical historical movies like i don't i don't really even like historical fiction for the most part it's like you know it's just an aspect of entertainment that i've just never connected with like i like it when it's you know historical stuff is wrapped up in an indiana jones or we're, t- we're doing National Treasure and we're looking back on this thing or whatever. But it's like biopics and war movies. There are two things. There are two genres of movies that have always been hard for me to connect with. And it's biopics and war movies. What and if it's biopics about musicians? Even that is still like, I mean, it's hard for me to get into it. But it's like, I I thought Bohemian Rhapsody was okay. Rocket Man was great. Uh, star is born is like the first thing that comes to mind, but that's not totally a biopic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so not a like, biopic. Not a biopic. Um, but yeah, so, I, but to talk about it again, like just to touch on it again. So I said my favorite scene might've been the Truman bit. I think that that might be one of the best bits of acting, but I, you mentioned it. I actually think the best scene in the movie is if you can count it, everything for the Trinity test launch True. up until the scene in the in
1: the gymnasium. I think the gymnasium is my, is like the thesis of the movie for me personally, which is why I like it. the most. And I think that might be him trying to justify himself where he's like, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen, but I bet the Japanese didn't like it. You know what I mean? It's just like, you're just like, Oh, like it, you know, knowing what we know now is like tough. That might be one of Christopher Nolan's best directed scenes
0: in his career. Like just totally unobjectively speaking, like, I think that that scene in the gymnasium might be one of the best directed scenes in his entire filmography. Yeah. Um. Just the audio design and like seeing it in IMAX too, the sound of the stomping of the feet and they bring that motif back multiple times in the movie. Yeah. And then like when this theater goes silent, my entire theater was just like, you could hear a pin drop in that theater. And then when they have one, there's like a sound design in that scene where the, like a woman screams before they show explodes. the, the yeah. like it. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, it sends like shivers down your spine. And it's like, yeah. you know, I always talk about even in movies that I don't love when a movie is able to make me feel an emotion, that usually means that uh, it did a good job of doing what it's doing. So that's why I can't say that Oppenheimer was a bad movie. That's why I can't say that it's, you know, a boring movie. Like I just think it's it's just one of those kind of movies that doesn't really connect with me on a super deep level. But the story, the artfulness, in the way that it's told, and the and the message that he's trying to get across is just like super fucking impressive to me. So yeah, you know that's basically it. It's like that scene alone. If you just watch that scene from the Trinity test launch up until that gymnasium scene, that to me is one of the best short films ever made on the on the in, on planet Earth. Right. Yeah. It just so happens that there's. An hour and a half on the beginning where they're hanging out in in, in cubicles Berkeley. talking to each other. Yeah. And then there's an hour and a half on the end with the death position. And it's just like it to me, I think that the movie was just, you know, what
1: it, it just didn't connect with me. So I have two things. First, um, what did you think of Robert Downey Jr.? Two thumbs way up. I mean, I thought you that, seem to not be a big fan of that part of the movie, but I was curious what you thought about like him. Personally. So a, that part of the movie was frustrating to me because I was like, okay,
0: again, like this is just, I, I know that this sounds stupid and ignorant whatever, but it's like, I appreciate the message of the movie. But when we're in that small conference room for 45 minutes, I'm like, get to the point, get to the point. Like, what are we doing here? But then ultimately it all builds up to that deposition scene where Rami Malik like gives like the whole thing where it's like, this guy was fucking... He put this guy up to it. He he had this whole like orchestrated situation. And from that, that point to the end of the movie, I thought it was like fucking great because then there's the whole thing where Alden Ehrenreich gives one of the best lines of the movie and ironically where he's like, Maybe they were just talking about something more important. Then he opens up the door and then
1: like <laughs> the camera slash. I'm yeah, I like that. I, like that. I, I also like where he's like, "Which senator led the led led, led the <laughs> negative votes?" And he's like, "This is a little guy from Massachusetts. He's a new up and comer, uh, Robert or John F. Kennedy."
0: Well, like, my favorite. <laughs> so I immediately, just like I always do i every time i see a movie the first place i always go is to the me- message boards on reddit, to reddit look at like yeah. what people are saying in the comments and the top voted comment on the Oppenheimer was discussion was there someone was like why did they tease jfk like they teased the joker robin. Card at the end of batman oh. begins <laughs> and
2: i yeah, was like julia, yeah you're totally julia looked right. that
1: up and told me about that too i think it was i think they named dropped him like they name dropped robin it's just, dude. It's it's just like it's young senator from. Do you Boston think there's a world where, John F. Kennedy? Do <laughs> you think there's a world where Nolan wanted JGL for the Senate aid part, and instead he got Alden?
0: Yeah, I don't know, maybe. But uh, the rumor is is that the next project that Nolan's working on is a JFK biopic.
1: You just made that up. No, I'm not. I'm I'm dead serious. Wow, well, I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> not gonna lie. Um, Okay, so then my second. uh Oh, fuck. I already lost my train of thought. I was going to ask you about RDJ. And then I forgot what I was going to ask you about. I mean, I liked
0: that. RDJ, like, just to help you get kickstarted. I thought that he was. No, there was another. Disappeared like, in that role. I thought that he was. I thought that he was actually so all the so Here's good. the thing is that, like, even all my criticisms of the movie, just like talking about like a movie, I just didn't like it just didn't connect with me in the same way that a lot of other Nolan movies do. But like all the performances, there's not a weak link. wink weak link in this entire fucking cast, dude. Seriously, yeah. everyone's yeah. great.
1: I remember what I was going to say. Um, for me, a Christopher Nolan movie often is judged by things that I will never forget as long as I live from a theater experience. You know, Dark Knight, multiple moments of that movie, but obviously like the truck flipping or like watching the the fight between the three of them at the end at the construction site. Inception, it's the top spinning at the end. Interstellar, it's him in the bookcase talking to Murph. This movie has another scene of that for me, which is him talking to Albert at the end where he's like, he's like, you know, when we talked about maybe this would have the potential to save the world or just destroy the world. He's like, I think we did. And then like it cuts to black. I'm just like, fuck, like fucking did it again, man. Like,
0: that's, it's a great that's ending.
1: Dope. It's a fantastic ending. And to it is very Nolan of him to plant that in the first half hour where like Albert cold coldly walks by Robert Downey Jr. you Like, I don't really know what's going on here. And then that's, that is the inciting incident is, is really fascinating to me. Yeah. So
0: did fan. you feel like, uh, every inclusion of, uh, Albert Einstein was like, when, uh, like a Falcon shows up in Ant-Man? That- no, I,
1: I actually loved it. I thought, I thought he was great. And there was like, it's just what, like two major scenes with him in it. I thought it was so fucking good. So. Tom Conti plays Albert Einstein, by the way.
0: And he was in. Um... Oh, shit. He's in The Dark Knight Rises. That's right. He's the guy that helps him out of the pit.
1: Yeah. Hashi, Hashi. There's a vertebrae sticking out of your back. Yeah, that's that guy. So, But yeah, so overall.
0: Oppenheimer, I think, was a very, very like my final thoughts on the movie is that very well done i it's an excellently crafted movie is it what i want nolan to be doing from a creative standpoint no um i'm glad that he's doing what he's driven to do and i'm glad that it's resonating with so many people but this is just a movie to me like historical biopics historical non-fiction all this kind of stuff it's just like it's just never something that i'm super interested in i appreciate history it's just do i really want to watch a movie like this again and and to me the answer is no like i would rather watch inception tenet interstellar the dark Knight, the prestige all of these well save I your would thoughts because we're
1: gonna do we're gonna do our quick nolan list yeah
0: so do you want but i asked john to to rank his nolan movies do you want to give your final thoughts on uh oppenheimer before we do the nolan rankings
1: yeah i mean we kind of talked about it up top i can't wait to see it again um I think I think Dunkirk is an incredibly boring movie that looks beautiful, and I think Oppenheimer is an incredibly interesting movie that also looks beautiful. So if you're gonna take the two historical fiction examples from Nolan's catalog, if he's gonna do this, I'd rather him do more of this than Dunkirk because oh, I think, yeah. Dun- yeah. oh, I think yeah. Dunkirk was incredibly boring to me, and it's just like I get it from like a like a filmmaking perspective how beautiful it was, but just like I thought Oppenheimer had such. Um, humanity, grit and heart that was just absolutely soul shredding. In a way that Dunkirk had characters, there was like 14 lines of dialogue in Dunkirk total and I didn't care about any of those people. I cared about like 20 people in this movie and I just like wanted to see what happened to each of them and I thought that that was fascinating. So cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, Nolan, he's back, baby, or not. <laughs> I don't know your thoughts may vary <laughs> no way was He's, out we should say i was yeah. out you brought me back a little bit with tenet and then this movie really brought me back but
0: well i can i just say like i'm honestly kind of surprised like i i thought i did not think like i left this movie and i was like i don't i don't i don't know if john's gonna really like this like i was i i was kind of like i i guess i just underestimated your propensity for enjoying like historical fiction or, or historical non-fiction or biopics so, like I just didn't I don't I don't really They're think are done I well I that. love it I love it
1: yeah yeah
0: to me it's just that stuff just doesn't doesn't work I would we least... also
1: two two quick points and then we could do this because I, I do want to talk about Barbie obviously but um Killian Murphy is fantastic sure best yep. actor nom I think
0: definitely a best actor nom I think Robert Downey Jr. is a shoe in for best supporting actor I
1: also think that Damon Gives my favorite performance of the movie, if not Dave Krummeltz. But uh, neither of those guys would get nominated, I don't think. Probably because not, yeah. Best Supporting Actor is going to Gosling this year. That's a fucking fact.
0: We'll talk about that in a <laughs> second. But before we do that, John, I asked you to compile your Nolan rankings. We don't need to spend too much time on this because I also think that this could be a pod in the distant future. Yeah. But I do want to know where, like, where you stand currently. Like, Do yeah. you want to just trade off? Like Maybe like, we'll bottom. do like, w- bottom to the top.
1: Sure. The bottom okay. for me is following, which I haven't seen.
0: Okay. Bottom for me is following, which I've seen, and, and it's it's okay. okay. It's totally like a it's a student just a film, right? Su- sufficient film. Yeah, it's one of his earlier like student films. Okay. Next for me is Dunkirk. Okay. Next for me is Insomnia. Uh, okay. Good movie. Just very dull. Um yeah, like we'll do the thing that we
1: always dull. do, which is talk about whatever it is the highest. So works for me. Um for me after Dunkirk is insomnia. So yeah, agreed. Kind of dull, but I love I love Robin Williams in a weird dramatic role.
0: That's the thing is that Robin Williams' role in that movie is what sets it apart. Like, I think that actually he's really good. It's just
1: the movie surrounding him is just like, it's super, it's just super, not man. Didn't quite find his footing. He tried to branch out a little too far, I think, after Memento. But
0: yeah. After Insomnia for me is Dunkirk.
1: Okay. So we're in the same vein here. Yeah. I don't, I couldn't even tell you what Dunkirk now. Shelby, because she's a Harry Styles fan. And then I haven't seen it since. All I remember is Tom Hardy set fire to his plane afterwards. As he's about to be captured by the Germans.
0: Yeah, the movie Dunkirk is beautifully shot and directed. It's just, yeah, it's a war movie, and and the gimmick is that all the
1: time. And I like war movies, but not, not that much. Killian Murphy's in that too, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Fucking, yeah, dude. This movie's boring as shit. <laughs> mark rylance is the fisherman right picks up killian murphy who's the deserter yep ken bryanow's doing some shit barry kogan's yep. in that movie though he's cool
0: yeah barry keegan's in the movie he's very very good tom hardy is the best part of the movie undeniably um yeah he doesn't hey. even have
1: have barely a name in that movie but yeah nope, just so the cast that. of dunkirk is about 15 people the cast of oppenheimer was about 50 yeah wild shit all right. Um after Insomnia, I actually have Memento. Wow. Yeah. I like Memento a lot, but <laughs> it's not my favorite. So, I okay. think I think I think Guy, Guy Pierce is awesome. Um I think the premise is really cool, but I like the technical aspects of the Nolan movies more and the more modern stuff resonates with me personally. Interesting.
0: After Dunkirk, I have Oppenheimer. Uh, I put it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. Again, just. I can't belabor the point enough. A really excellently crafted movie, just not what I want Nolan to be doing and not my kind of movie from a a creation standpoint.
1: Fair enough. After Memento, I have Tenet. I think Tenet's really cool. I think it's got some interesting ideas. It's kind of like uh, the closest thing to a sequel to Inception that he has. Yep. Um, Performances are dope. The stunts are amazing in that oh, movie. Yeah. Amazing. And for me, the editing saves the movie. But otherwise, I think the premise I still don't fully understand and I'm not entirely invested in. Sure.
0: Uh, Tenet goes right after Oppenheimer for me. So that's the next spot on my list as well. I, I think that... I've said it before. I think that Tenet is just an excellent James Bond movie. It's an iteration of a James Bond movie to me. It's like you have this really likable protagonist that you follow and you have this like secret society and you're learning more about it. And I think it's just one of those movies where you leave it and you want to talk about it. Like I I left the movie and I was like, I was like, where is Tenet? What is Tenet? Who is who? Where did we fucking... How the fuck did uh, fucking goddamn, uh, what's his name? What's Batman's name? RPAT. How did Robert Pattinson turn into that little kid at the end of the fucking movie? It's like, Jesus Christ, there's so much cool shit to talk about. It's like, yeah. it, th- just the movie, the movie just is, uh, I this is, tenant is the example of like, and we'll get to what we get to the top of the list, but it's like tenet is more along the lines of what I want Nolan to be doing. I want him to flex those creative muscles. I I I appreciate that he really likes his historical dramas, but I really like Nolan when he's like creating something new that I've never seen before.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, at the sixth spot for me, I have the Dark Knight Rises. I also have the Dark Knight Rises in this exact same. I think spot. the Dark
1: Knight Rises <laughs> is a fine movie. I think it has some big flaws. It's not the trilogy ending that you want but it's the one that you need. You know what I mean? Uh and I think it has some really memorable stuff and I will never forget seeing that movie as long as I live but I think it's it's definitely not his strongest work per se. So
0: I think people out there that are I think people out there that hate The Dark Knight Rises are just fucking haters, man. This movie rules. It's so good. I love I love Bane. I love the opening on the plane. I love the Talia Perhaps stuff. Perhaps he's wondering
1: why a man would shoot someone before throwing him out of a plane. It would be very painful for you. you. I uh no, I think the movie's fine. I think the Talia stuff is the weakest. I still like it. I like. there's a sure. stream. It's on, fine to storm. like it, but that's Catwoman. But yeah. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Who fucking cares?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it has the it has maybe the top. Five best scenes in the Dark Knight trilogy, which is Alfred telling Bruce about burning Rachel's letter, which is. Ever since fucking I
0: heard great. your
1: echo to <laughs> Now the Michael C- Kane impressions begin. I can't wait. Yeah. No, DKR is not a bad movie. I'm just, I think in no, terms it, of it, the creme de la creme.
0: Dude, if, if, if people if you think Dark Knight Rises is a bad movie, I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even want to consult with you. You're you're fucking high. This movie rules. It's so good. I I think that people get caught up in the fact that like it's more outlandish than Dark Knight and Batman Begins. It's like, yeah, no shit, but it doesn't matter. Like a Batman movie needs to have a little bit of camp to it. I like the idea that it's like, oh, You know, I just buy into the fact that it's like, oh, we're we're sealing off Gotham. We're we're holding the police down in the underground like it's like, does it need to make complete sense? No, it's just the fact that this movie followed the Dark Knight. I think that's the only reason that it gets so critically panned is that it followed the Dark Knight, which is. We'll talk about it.
1: It also has one of the top 20 best last seven minutes of a movie of all time which is as soon as the hans zimmer score kicks in and it's the montage dun, 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 of everybody dun, dun, thinking that bruce dun, dun, wayne's dead until dun, he gets to the end and michael can and him dun. see each other at the cafe and then fucking order jgl the gets on that plat, and, <laughs> and then he goes isis and you're like <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's
0: it, to me it's like everything from the moment where it's like it's like no it's batman that kid on the bus or whatever remember when he's like
1: yeah when he flies over the bay.
0: Yeah, he's like he's like it's it's coming to save us. He's like, "No. It's Batman." It's Batman.
1: Yeah. I love the thum, 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 You trusted thum, me and I failed you. Yeah. I like you. Gordon's I'll speech too. You. It's so fucking good. Yeah. God damn. I'm going to watch that movie after this.
0: Yeah, Dark Knight Rises slaps. Or
1: maybe another Batman movie which we'll talk about soon. So, go ahead. What's your next spot? Or I guess you said 6 as well. Okay, so here we go. Wait, no, that was that was seven. Sorry, seven. That was my seven spot. Yeah. So what's too. your seven?
0: Well, all right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven.
1: The Dark Knight Rises is in my seven spot. OK, so my sixth spot is Batman Begins. Hmm. OK, which my is sixth... a movie that I love. So we will talk about it.
0: We won't have to wait long. You're frozen. Sorry. Can you hear me?
1: Can you hear me? Yeah, you're back. Okay. Okay, cool. You were frozen for a sec. Yeah, me too. All right, so say it again. I said Batman Begins is my six, and we can talk about it when we get to it on your list because I love that movie.
0: Okay, well, we won't have to wait long because um, my six is Memento. Okay. Love Memento. I think it's a great movie. Uh, It's one of the movies that introduced me to Nolan. I just think that the structure of that movie is So fucking impressive when you think about like how it's edited and directed. I think it's a super simple story, too. And just it's one of those movies that sticks with you. Like the ending of the movie just like always makes me every time I rewatch that movie, I'm always like, I feel this pit in my stomach. It's just I just think that that's a that's just another movie that Nolan does. That's another example of like, man, love the way he flexed his creative muscles there. I wish he would do more of that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I co-sign everything that you said. I think it's really insightful, but again, I, 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 like the technical achievements a little bit more personally. So that's just why it fell where it, it did on my list. Uh, my five is Oppenheimer, which we wow. just talked about for a while. Wow. So.
0: Wow. 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 You like Oppenheimer more than Dark Knight Rises
1: and Batman begins.
0: No fucking way. What a, bu- what. Yeah. what a, what a, I thought that hell would freeze over, dude. Wow. This is this is crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Dude, if just... Nolan can resurrect your love in cinema, he, he's already on his way. I thought Oppenheimer's fantastic. One of my one of my top threes of the year so far for sure. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah,
0: go ahead. Um uh, mine's Batman Begins. So one, two, Dude, do Batman four,
1: Begins five. fucking rips. Let dude. it be said that even though I put Oppenheimer up Batman begins, that's I crazy. Fucking... Batman Begins is one of the most like formative movies of my fucking life. So I
0: love it. Is this how you feel when you, when I have hot takes and you're like, yes. I'm not going to forget and let you forget that. I'm never going to let you forget that you put Oppenheimer above Batman Begins or inarguably maybe the best Batman movie ever made. The no, Dark that's Knight, not even
1: an, that's not an arguable case. The
0: Dark all. Knight is is one of the best comic book movies ever made.
1: But Batman Begins might be the best Batman movie ever made. Disagree. I think Batman Mask of the Phantasm is better. Aside than from the com-
0: animated, not animated movies,
1: I also think that the Batman is better than Batman Begins. That's also a good point. I didn't think about
0: that. I also, agree <laughs> I also, also on think that Batman eighty nine I... <laughs> is
1: better than Batman Begins. Ooh. Yeah. really? Yeah, I, I do. go check our comic book rankings. <laughs> Anyway, Batman Begins is a great movie. That this should not take apart what that what that means to the both of us. Liam Neeson as Rachel Ghoul. fucking Christian Bale, really paving the way for comic book movies of the next twenty years. Honestly, um, I mean, I mean, I guess you could. The Batman Begins only works because Christian Bale and Michael Caine have such a good formative relationship in that movie, and Gary Oldman yeah but yeah a shout out to our guy Killian the Scarecrow,
0: Scarecrow.
1: dude Killian Murphy in that movie
0: too he's Scarecrow. awesome he's awesome in all three of them he's like I didn't tell you they'd be a place you'd want to go <laughs> I love I love killing I said Killian, my Murphy's drugs scared. would
1: take you places I never said it'd be places that you wanted to go yeah. Um, I also love the scene where he's like what are we gonna do boss he's like do whatever we do when a prowler comes around call the police <laughs> he's like you want the police here yeah That movie's dope, and they stole it from Batman the Animated Series, which we already talked about. We already talked about it. All right. Uh, So your five is Batman Begins. My four is Interstellar. Okay.
0: Man, I love that we have completely different lists here. Uh, My number four is Inception.
1: Okay. My number three is Inception. Is your number three Interstellar, or is it higher? My, no. Okay, let's talk about Inception then. Okay. If it's your four and it's my three. So you first.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to belabor the point. I, 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 you know, I think that Inception is just an incredibly unique piece of fiction. I think that, uh, you know, it it he coined a term basically that no one really had ever thought of. I thought that the visual effects are great. Leo DiCaprio's performance in the movie is excellent. I so lo- good. I love the whole bit with him and him and Marion and Cotillard. I love the family dynamic, the team aspect. It is the ultimate heist movie, in my opinion. I think it's like one of the best heist movies of all time. The town, the town, the town.
1: <laughs> Sorry, that was an instinctual <laughs> uh, reaction, and I apologize. Hey. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. You're That's good. it. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, our guy Ken Wan-Nabe. Oh man, oh, didn't man they're now. waiting to die alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, the movie is great.
0: I think that the end, like the, the structure of the movie, again, like just Christopher Nolan at his best, just in terms of like bait and switch, like the very beginning of the movie, you have no. that scene with him, and then it just, you forget about it. He lulls you into that sense of comfort. And at the very end, he s- switches it on your head. You realize you're like, oh, my God, that was the beginning. Oh, my God. Ah. Yeah. And then you like fucking die in the theater. Um, yeah. I'll just never forget like that. That's one of those ultimate movie memories where it's like the top spinning at the very end. And then it cuts to black. And then you leave the movie theater and you're all talking with your friends about what happened. Yeah. What do you think was happened?
1: Another good Killian Murphy performance in this movie, too, as um uh Robert Fisher, the heir to the Empire from Tom Berenger's character or uh, his his dad's character, I should say. Um, what's your favorite dream level?
0: I personally really like the uh the hotel sequence. I like him interrogating Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy at the bar where he's like He's like, listen, your your people prepared you
1: for this. Like, you're supposed to be prepared for dreams within. Dreams I'm Mr. And... Brown. I'm here to yeah. defend you. From, I love that from shit so much, Inception dude. Security. Yeah, so good, dude. Leo is that might be my favorite Leo movie. Honestly, it's a good movie. It's a fucking good movie. Every time it I is. forget how good it is, I rewatch it and I'm like, God damn, it takes me back. Um, Elliot Page is also really good in that movie too, for sure. Yeah, she's great. The architect or they, they are great. Um, yeah, I love that movie introduced me to tom hardy as well actually
0: yeah that's the first big movie where everyone was like yeah tom hardy you gotta dream a little bigger darling and yeah that's it's when all, they it's started making good. the
1: bond the bond comps in that movie for sure yeah yep okay so that was my three you're you four so what's your three my number three is the prestige
2: <sighs>
1: <laughs> that's all right that's okay we're gonna talk about it in a little bit sure that's will. good though Okay, my number two is The Dark Knight. My number two is also The Dark Knight. Okay, so it's both not our favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, Best comic book movie ever made, but not Christopher Nolan movie. What a fucking gem. I think it's
0: either this. I think in terms of best comic book movie ever made, it's either this, Avengers Endgame, or Logan. I think those are probably the three. You should
1: listen to our comic book rankings. You had Logan criminally low. You put put Endgame number one. Yeah, which is on par for the course, honestly, at the time that we. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, dude, The Dark Knight. I mean, come on, it's the fucking Dark Knight. The movie's amazing. Why so serious? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's inarguable. This will be the movie that he's remembered for. And for better or for worse, I think that that's probably why he's like done what he's done to try and distance himself from this and like do different things like Oppenheimer and. Do things like Dunkirk is I don't think he wants to be remembered for doing the Dark Knight. But unfortunately, sorry, Christopher, uh, this is the, the, one of the best movies ever made. It's 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 a uh, 10 out of 10 for me. It's a personal like one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a perfect movie. Um, You're going to be remembered for this movie, whether you like it or not.
1: Yeah. So then that means that the Interstellar is your favorite and the exactly. prestige is my favorite. Yep. So what do you want to talk about first?
0: I mean, I don't want to, you know, I'll ble- briefly say my bet on Interstellar. I mean, I think eventually we could do like a more deep dive if we don't, ha- we, you know, unfortunately we have Barbie to get to still, which we need to do before we lose lucidity. Um, But Interstellar to me is just a perfect movie. Like it is exactly everything that I want from a movie. Sci-fi is probably my favorite genre of film. I really, really like sci-fi movies. I really like 2001 space odyssey i like moon i like star wars i like uh dune i really like arrival all that stuff like those are my favorite kind of movies i really like sci-fi and interstellar is just a perfect blend of all of it it's it's perfect characters with a interesting plot and a great like ticking clock element to the story the soundtrack holy shit the hans zimmer score that organ scanning. yeah i listen to that while i'm working out sometimes where i'm on the treadmill and i'm like it's not it's not it's it's necessary and i'll like hit the (laughs) i'll hit the thing like increase the volume on the treadmill
1: is Uh, it shocking to you that McConaughey hasn't been in another nolan movie i know it
0: fucking he could have been i thought they
1: worked really well together they must have not liked working together behind the scene
0: or maybe he's just too busy hawking his fucking bourbon brand
1: wow branch Long branch.
0: And I go to Long Branch Ranch.
1: (laughs) Long branch ranch, baby. We're gonna watch Interstellar.
0: (whistles) Yeah. (laughs) I'm Bob a Pop Lazoon in the back of the head.
1: (laughs) I should say that that I genuinely think that um uh my top four are perfect movies for sure. I think Interstellar, Inception, Dark Knight, and the Prestige are perfect. So that should go without saying. This is more just in terms of personal preference. I like Interstellar a lot. I think there there are parts of it that work better than anything he's ever done before on screen, especially the bookcase in the fifth dimension um, going to the tidal wave planet and coming up and it's like 20 years later. Such a great twist. The fucking scene of him watching is kids recording their... The
0: most emotional scene in any movie ever. Like, next no, to... come on. That's hyperbolic, don't you think? <laughs> for me? I don't know why. Really? I don't know why, but, dude, I watch that scene and I just bawl like a baby. The only scene in movies that makes me cry harder than that scene is the you bow to no one scene or the scene where Frodo and Sam hug before they go to the Grey Havens. That's Those are the three scenes that make me cry the hardest in the movies.
1: Okay. My number one is when fucking... Vincent Hanna holds uh, Neil Macaulay's hand in LAX after he shoots him at the end of Heat. And then uh, my number two is, hey, dad, want to have a catch? (laughs) From Guardians 2. No. (laughs) (laughs) Number three is, can I come from Guardians 3? Um, The Prestige. We got to talk about it. The first act is called The Pledge. The magician takes something. Ordinary and turns it into something extraordinary.
0: The Prestige is an immaculately created movie. It, it would be num- my number one. It's just that I think that Interstellar is just you know I. I Why do like you the sci-fi aspects more?
1: I respect that. Why do you like The Dark Knight more than Prestige? Actually, the Prestige.
0: You said the it kind of with like a, Prestige, like
1: an- just an ordinary ball.
0: Um, I just think that like the performances are probably what carries it over. I think Heath Ledger's Heath Ledger's Joker is excellent. 100%. I love all the best stuff.
1: acting Nolan's ever gotten out of an actor for sure.
0: Uh, visual effects are great. Like I, I don't know. It just feels it feels right where it is.
1: Yeah, for me, I think the Prestige. We will talk about this when we do our top twenty-five favorite movies ever. I love this movie so fucking much. I think so it's good. the first movie that's not like, you know, when i was a kid and i watched toy story on repeat. it's the first movie that i remember finishing the dvd and watching it again immediately afterwards cuz i was just like, what? i need to see this again. just watched you, it again a couple weeks ago as mostly. an oppenheimer primer as well as to show julia for the first time. shout out. she loved it. um i think it's dude, it's just so fucking good. hugh jackman's another one that i'm like, man, i really wish she had worked with with nolan more. but yeah. Yeah, seriously. We'll see what Christopher Nolan does next, but we got to talk about a more uh on the pulse filmmaker.
0: He's yeah. We got another movie to talk about. John, do we need to take a little break or are you doing okay? I'm good. But
1: You're you good? can take a break if you want. Yeah.
0: No, it's okay. Let's just go right into it. I'm I'm fucking drunk though. Hey, just to give you a heads up. Um, so I want to try and land this plane, but we're gonna talk about Barbie. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. that's right everybody all right we've we've crossed the bridge of the nolan cinematic universe and we're here to talk about barbie the biggest movie of the year so we we decided to do oppenheimer first and we're doing barbie second um but that has no indication on what our feelings are about women
1: we save the best for last
0: save the best for last that's right we always make you come last
1: nope first
0: so barbie (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Directed> <laughs> by- <laughs> written and directed by uh Greta Gerwig uh co-written with Noah Baumbach ba- right co-written with Noah Baumbach hold on one second Her my partner computer- hold on a second my computer's doing some weird stuff here yeah I gotcha directed by Greta Gerwig written by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach Greta
1: Gerwig is known for directing movies such as uh I mean she's bad in a thousand too. We talk about we talk about Robert Eggers, we talk about Jordan peele She's three for three. Yeah, she's, she's my question to you, Zachary, is is this the first Greta gerberg movie you've seen? No, I've seen Ladybird. You saw Lady Bird finally? Did you like it? We never talked. Yeah, it was good.
2: Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: really good.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. No, she's done movies such as Lady Bird, which has a 99% of Rotten Tomatoes. She did Little Women back in 2019. Frances yep. Ha in 2012. She was a voice of a character in Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs back in 2018. Uh, 20th Century Woman. She was a character actor in 2016. So she, She's been in a lot of stuff. She's had a lot of credits going way, 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 way back. Um, but in terms of like her directing credits... This is only her third bit thing. It's it's little women. It's Lady Bird and it's Barbie. So those yep. are the three big heavy hitters there. Yep. Noah Bomback, on the other hand. Was uh, you Anderson will collab. Yeah, you will know him as being very, very if you know, Zach, you know, Noah Bomback because this dude has been part of a lot of Zach shit for the last few years um Marriage Story he was a director screenwriter and producer for Marriage Story he was the screenwriter for Fantastic Mr Fox um going back Life Aquatic for Steve Z- Life Aquatic was Steve Zisu he was the sc- the writer for that um and a couple of other things too The Squid and the Whale like a short film Francis Ha, De Palma. uh so he's been around for a quite a minute there um, Barbie, along with Oppenheimer, was released on July 21st, 2023. It clocks in at one hour and 54 minutes. John. The production budget of Barbie. Yeah. The same exact amount as Oppenheimer. One hundred million dollars. So not only... Not only is the Barbenheimer fucking feud happening with two movies coming out in the same time that just so happen to sound good when you say them together. But both of these movies have the exact same production budget. $100 million to make both these movies. Barbie, with a domestic box office of $237 million, An international take of 193 for a worldwide box office so far of $430 million, making this the, to my count, second highest grossing movie of the year so far, um... Or at least the second highest gross opening of the year. This co- this comes only behind uh fucking the Super Mario Brothers movie. I was gonna say Mario's definitely got that shit locked up. Yeah. So, Barbie, starring Margot Robbie as Barbie, Ryan Gosling as Ken, America Ferrera as Gloria, Kate McKinnon as Barbie, Isabelle Ray as Barbie, Rhea Perlman as Ruth, and a plenty of fucking more as uh, cameo actors. Uh, the movie clocks in at an 89% of Rotten Tomatoes with 379 reviews and an 86% audience score.
1: John. Yeah.
0: What did you think of
1: Barbie? Dude, Barbie Barbie fucking rolls. This movie's dope. Um, what a good satire. What a good comedy. What a good feel-good movie. What a good emotional movie. Stellar performances, immaculate set design on par with like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, It's the movie event that we've been needing. And regardless of how you feel about Barbie. It's here. What about you?
0: This is my second favorite movie of the year. I think that um, Asteroid City is still my favorite movie of the year, but this is a close second. I think that Barbie is uh, just immaculate from start to finish. This is this movie is hilarious. I think the writing for this movie is genius. There are so many one liners in the movie that just I was laughing the whole way through, except for the moments where it really hits you with the existential emotional (laughs) aspects. And I started crying. Uh yeah um, but yeah dude I, I think that this movie is so fucking special I think that this was exactly what I was hoping that it was going to be which is a perfect combination of satire and like it feels like the Lego movie it feels like the next generation of the Lego movie it feels like for that sure. movie kind of like grew its wings and kind of flew a little bit the it, Lego it'll...
1: movie walked so that Barbie could run for sure exactly yeah, yeah. so I, I think that this movie is funny just... that Will Ferrell is the antagonist in both yeah,
0: I saw someone online say, you know, if I had a nickel for every time, you know. If I had a nickel for every time, Will Ferrell was a, a, a sleazy businessman that ended up being like a misunderstood person. Lord business. Pers- in a, Yeah, whatever. It's like I'd have two nickels, which wouldn't be that much money, but it'd be weird that it happened twice. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I Dude, I think that this movie is just, I can't say enough positive things about this movie. I, our theater was loving it. And I just think yeah, that it same. was so cool to be part of a, you know, I'll never forget that for a long time. Like, Avengers Endgame was the last time before this that I felt like this sort of like crowd atmosphere. But like yeah. the fact that our whole theater was all dressed in pink, there were a ton of girls, like lots of pink? folks. That, I did. I wore a pink button down. Um, my same. girlfriend wore a like a velour tracksuit pink suit that she ordered offline. Uh, that was very cool. That's awesome. And uh I lost my. Did you guys play Barbie
1: and Ken when you got home? Yeah.
0: Hey, I Barbie, have no idea. Let's go party. <laughs> <laughs> I invited her to my Mojo tonight. Dojo Casa house. <laughs> Mojo
1: Dojo Casa
0: houses are flying off the shelf.
1: <laughs> so good,
0: yeah. So I don't know. It was just cool to see that like uh, that. I can't think of like, uh, you know, other than a Marvel movie, like what was the last time you saw a theater experience like this where people like banded around a movie like this? Like
1: probably just going... Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Yeah. But that was only for like a weekend or two. I mean, I haven't seen an event movie like this uh, probably since Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. But even or the since... first or the first or the Force Awakens. Yeah.
0: I think Force Awakens is a more apt comparison, but because it's like this, it's like people were actually dressing up. Like our whole theater was full of people in yeah. Barbie outfits. Like yeah. I didn't see that shit for end game. Like people were energized for that movie, but it's like this crowd drew just a completely different sort of environment. and atmosphere. What a good like, win I,
1: for Warner brothers. You know seriously. I mean?
0: They needed this shit. They were, they're they losing did. so much money. They're
1: like, a they're like someone that's been in a steel relationship for a while and they just need a fucking, they need a nut,
0: you know? Yeah. And the rumor is, is that they might be pushing out Dune part two. Do you see that? What do you mean? We didn't talk about this on the news flashpoint, but the rumor is that they might push Dune part two out to 2024. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: That sucks. I was hoping this would be the best movie you're ever. <laughs> Okay.
0: Still have a chance, but yeah. Um, I don't know, dude, Barbie. I can't say enough positive things about this movie. I was laughing I was crying. I think the yeah. soundtrack is fucking awesome. But There's not there a single weak performance like, in the entire movie.
1: Yeah, who's your favorite non-Margot Robbie Barbie?
0: Non-Margot Robbie Barbie. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I really liked Kate McKinnon as Weird Barbie. I I thought that she was so fucking awesome. I really I I thought Issa Rae was really good. I really liked. um they were all awesome, man. I everyone was really, really good. I Yusa but I really... was my
1: favorite when she was like she's like surprise, motherfuckers. <laughs> <I> <laughs> man, love that it's shit like world. it's
0: the Mattel little bleep over her mouth yeah. or whatever, man. Oh, so funny.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially because she just played Spider Woman too. She's on a fucking hot streak this year. Yeah. Um, I texted
0: who... you. I was like, I was like, there's a line in this movie that's
1: gonna okay, speak so, to you. I don't know. It there's two. Okay okay so the two that i immediately thought of after you texted me this was are you two shining to each other (laughs) yeah that was good too and then the second one was the snyder cut which yeah the snyder cut line
0: was what i was talking about where she's like okay i just got brainwashed i thought i thought that i really was convinced that i love this zack snyder cut of justice league (laughs) and my our theater just lost it It that's a
1: warner brothers joke through and through dude
0: I couldn't believe that that was in this fucking movie. I laughed so hard at that shit. That was so yeah. funny.
1: Yeah. But I mean, like this movie, this movie is, is wonderfully directed. The set design is fucking fantastic. I need to look up the set designer for this real quick. Um, But it just looks fucking fantastic.
0: Yeah. A couple shoe ins for like award season. Like, yeah. Set design, production, production design, design. For sure. I also think that best original song. I think I'm just Ken. We'll probably win uh, it's something.
1: Peaches. It's Peaches.
0: Well, that'll be nominated too. But like the whole idea that like the Academy loves things that they can perform. I think that they like the idea of, of Ryan Gosling performing this song on stage at the, at the Oscars next year. But that's just yeah. my, uh, that's my uh, Katie's brain.
1: What? Yeah. Katie Spencer is the second
0: Shout out to Katie
1: Spencer. It looks fucking cool. The Barbie land area specifically the first and third act that takes place in Barbie land for me is the, is the best part of the movie. Um, it's so dope, dude. It's like a fucked up wizard of Oz. Like I'm just, I'd love it. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie is fucking great. She's and if fantastic. She's not nominated for an Oscar. I'll actually be disappointed in yeah. the system.
0: So here's the thing is that like, you know, I want to talk about some other bits of the movie that made us laugh before we end the pod. But like uh, one of the things that like there, I mean, obviously there's two scenes in the movie that are really emotionally charged. The ending is, is fantastic. In my opinion, Um, the whole thing with, yeah, when she's talking to the creator of Barbie, she's like, I named you Barbara after my daughter and she'll the whole scene with, she's like, well, you can be a real thing. If you want to, you just got to, you know, take a deep breath and feel and there's that beautiful, like, I I don't really have a feeling towards Billie Eilish one, one way or the other, but like that song, I think, is like really, really powerful, actually. And that yeah. whole ending sequence, all of the footage of like the mothers and daughters, that was all footage of folks from the production. Yeah. So people from the production team, crew directors, writers, script writers, visual effects artists, actors, yeah. whatever, they were all able to submit videos of themselves and like As children. Yeah. And it's all them and their mom. So it's like all part of the actual cast and crew. And like that scene, like if you if you you don't have like a if you don't have like if you don't get a little choked up by that, like you you might not be human. You might need to reconsider your emotions. But that that ending scene, I thought was just beautifully well done. And then one of that Margot Robbie scene where she's in the real world, she's overwhelmed with emotions and she's sitting on that park bench and that there's that moment bring up yeah there's that, that
1: i think that's the best scene that's the actor clip right there for Dude, the, the academy that moment is one of the
0: like straight up one of the most well-directed moment the scenes in film that i've seen in the last decade like yeah where she's like looking at she's she's a completely blank slate and she's looking at other people in this park and like getting emotions from them and then she it's like overwhelming herself with emotion she's laughing she's crying she's introspective and then she looks over to the woman that's at the bench with her and she's like that's the older woman like with she's like older and wrinkly and like looks at her and smiles and she's like you are beautiful and she's like i know <laughs> and like i yeah. was like i was like in the kind of like oh my god i'm like i'm like fucking tears in my eyes and like wiping them away yeah. i'm like this is fucking just beautifully well done it's just so gorgeous man
1: yeah just the beautiful, america beautiful monologue fun. for what it means to be a woman too is, yeah. is, is amazing um i had that, that is that is through and too. through like greta gerwig to a t in my opinion in terms of like what she's been trying to tell us with lady bird and joe marsh and listen that
0: monologue too um when America Ferrera started giving it it was like silent in our theater when she finished it applause yeah. so our whole theater erupted in applause when when she
1: finished the monologue too for sure yeah so, same here it was cool to hear um, that i was just like i was like this is awesome i think uh the gen z savage takedown of barbie was just like God, we're doomed as a society. <laughs> but but maybe there's hope still if they can be reclaimed, you know? But um Yeah, I thought the 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 premise of the movie being like Barbies believe that they have created a feminist society when in actuality they are now sought after as being like a joke. Being having that be so real to how society plays out is just so interesting and the way they structure the movie around that I think is, is fascinating. Um, And how they recover from that, by what it means, you know, what it means to be a woman and what it means to be human. I can't obviously speak to one of those things, but I think that's, that's just great storytelling. And um, yeah, what a fucking emotional and comedic ride to be on with this movie. If you haven't seen it, it's just so, so worth your time.
0: Oh yeah. I, 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 yeah. And I think that, you know, it is a it's a really artfully done movie because not only does it balance the heavy themes of like, what does it mean to be a woman in society, which is just stuff that like, you know, me and John have absolutely no input on. Like, we're just here to we're just here to, you know, talk about movies that we like. And obviously we're just we, here we to both lift like Barbie. you up. <laughs> <laughs> <Let> me down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but something I will say is that, like, you know, I I think that. The movie is just like. I don't know, it touches all of these different aspects of film like that. I think it. this is this movie is just intensely impressive to me, like it's a comedy, it's a drama, it it, it does a lot of what Lego movie does. Like, I think I think I think a very close analog to me is a Lego movie. But what this does is like elevated a little bit more like Lego movie still has to be very grounded for kids. But I still think like I left the movie. And I told my girlfriend this when we were in the parking lot, I said, you know, when I was a kid, you watched a lot of movies that were not necessarily designed for you. They were like older movies like Roger Rabbit or Pee Wee's Big Adventure or, you know, whatever stuff like that. Um, Airplane Blazing Saddles, like movies that may have been designed for like an older audience, but like you could still look at the movie and laugh at it and like be like, ah, that's funny or like this funny joke or whatever. But then when you get a a little story, Mark, (laughs) when you get a little bit older, you realize that like, oh, that movie that I loved actually has something really important to say about the world and about like where I am in my place in the world. And I actually think that this movie is a very important movie to show young people like I actually think that like this is a movie. I don't want kids. I don't probably I don't I don't assume that I'm going to ever have kids, but it's like if I had kids this is a perfect example of a movie that I would show them. Because it's like, they can laugh at Ken being funny and like the beach off scene and like him <laughs> hitting the hitting the wave and bouncing back. But like, they'll laugh at that stuff. But then when they get older, they'll they'll look back and be like, wow, I'd like that movie actually had something really strong to say about like respecting women and elevating them and like being yourself and like finding value in yourself and self-worth and all that well, stuff. Yeah, that,
1: I, also, but like, it's not even just about putting people on a pedestal too it's also standing up for yourself you know what i mean yeah, yeah.
0: so what were so some good. things that really made you laugh like i want to know i mean like obviously oh this is a comedy movie,
1: so like i want to know like what what were the things that like tickled your fancy the best um i love the opening montage with the lizzo song where like they're showering with no water and like the whole thing it's just great where it's like barbie dreamland it's pink um,
2: Good enough to drink.
1: The (laughs) Helen Mirren uh, montage of the girls destroying the dolls that's in the trailer is really good, too. But uh, Gosling and Simu Liu's, like, feud. So good. Fucking iconic shit from those guys. It's just hilarious. Um, Barbie and Ken rollerblading on Venice Beach and getting catcalled by both gay people and construction workers was hilarious. Uh, Ken discovering patriarchy is one of my favorite montages of all time. Um, God. Yeah. There's so many things. I love the the journeys to and from Barbie land. Those montages I think are really funny too, just from a visual aesthetic perspective. It seems very, uh, very Wes Anderson. So I'm sure you really love that. It does shit. have um, that aspect to it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as soon as they get back to Barbie land from the real world and Ken's have taken over to the Mojo Dojo Casa House. The, <laughs> the best joke for me was uh, Ken's love to explain the godfather to people. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that that was going to be you. That shit killed me because I've definitely been guilty of doing that at least twice. <laughs> um, not to Julia, shout out. So got you, girl. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that that is the most representative like like that seems to me like Greta Gerwig was like hey Noah just so you know I'm gonna write a joke at your expense you know what I mean like it seems like something that he's done to her and that she included in the movie so yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah, those those are
1: my standouts and then obviously the the um like ballerina dance off at the end between Ken and Simulu is just fucking phenomenal from a staging perspective, but also being hilarious with the Ken battle going on at the same time. Yeah. With that like was Kingsley of... Benadir going like, ah! he's like, he's like screaming for no reason. It's so good. Yeah. That was one of
0: my favorite bits of the movie was like one of the hardest I laughed through the whole thing was like the, the interpretive dance like battle at the end where with the whole like I'm just Ken and that whole song and like them fighting with each other. i I was in tears. Um I really liked the uh, oh and Alan, of course. Alan. I really liked Alan. I yeah, <laughs> he was Michael Sarah is just so funny. One of the lines that got me the hardest in the movie was he was like, I'm gonna keep the other Kens out if I can just figure out how to build this wall horizontally. <laughs> yeah, yeah i was like crying i was like that is so fucking dumb and he's like he's like you want some alan you're gonna get him and he's like (laughs) he just like kicks
1: all those guys ass yeah yeah
0: i also the other joke that really got me that i just couldn't stop laughing at was when they're they're trying to drive america ferreira her daughter and alan are trying to drive away from barbie land they're like we're playing all ken's favorite radio station all the time and it's it's matchbox 20 (laughs) And it was that it's push or whatever. Yeah. I the, was the beach scene scene is so The beach hard. scene
1: is so good where they're like the Barbies start to flirt with other Ken's and they're yeah. all like losing it. That scene is so good. So it's funny. like do you care if I play guitar at you for like three and a half three hours? hours. <laughs> I want
0: to push you around. Will I do? I do. I do. And what I love too is that that whole version of that song, Push by Matchbox 20, that cover is completely uploaded to Spotify, recorded by Ryan Gosling. So you can go listen to that on Dude, Spotify. The, the
1: Gos was on fucking flames in this movie.
0: I loved everything he did, dude. I, straight up, like I actually legitimately think that Ryan Gosling might be up for a best supporting
1: actor nom. Definitely, I think I think they both should be. If they're both not, I think that's that's kind of a crime because I think Margot Robbie is the emotional linchpin of the movie, and Gosling She's is great. The, the entertainment aspect of like comedy and stuff, but they both um, intersect at the end in a way that is so fucking good that that it would be a shame for them both not to be included in the same way that like they both were for La La Land so
0: yeah I really liked uh, one of my favorite bits was like she was like I'm gonna come stay at your house tonight or whatever and he's like oh, she give me just a minute and he goes behind the he's like sublime
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love that shit so much
1: yeah dude he's fucking he's fucking hilarious
0: and the the other the other i liked all the as soon as as soon as i found
1: out that patriarchy wasn't really about horses i kind of lost interest (laughs) dude
0: so fucking good all of the kens riding up on their horse they're all like pantomiming horses riding up to the thing yeah and i just love like every time they they did a wide shot of like the Barbie land houses and it was just like video footage of horses, like galloping in the background,
1: man, I was losing it. I thought that shit was so funny. Did you like the second act where they're at Mattel? So
0: I think the Mattel stuff is probably the weakest aspect of it, but I'm also just like a, you know, this is another one of those things we probably disagree on, but I just, I don't like Will Ferrell all that much.
1: I'm like in this case I agree with you I think that I think the Mattel stuff is what keeps it from being a perfect movie for me personally I don't really think that it hampers the movie down at all
0: I think that it's just like a quickish sequence I think that like
1: it seems too corporate on the nose during the time of
0: strikes that I just don't want yeah the interesting thing is that like this movie was made like on the cusp of the strikes and everything like that but it's like to me, I'm honestly kind of shocked that Mattel was as willing as they were to play ball. Like, they take some serious shots at Barbie and Mattel and, like, the image that that company puts forward. Like, I was honestly shocked that they were able to do as much commentary as they were with the with the source material, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. any other company, like Disney, Disney would never allow you to do something like this where you're allowed to did fun She No, but, like, uh, okay, so, sorry. Imagine Disney gives you the rights to poke fun at, like, Song of the South. They're not going to ever allow you to do that, right? But it's, like, (laughs) you know, they're allowing, you know, okay, yeah, you make that face, right? But it's, like, Barbie has an association with, like, body image for women and, you know, all the stuff they talk about in the movie. It's, like, I actually thought that I was, like, good for Mattel for, like, actually allowing their create like Greta Gerwig to like make a movie with this, some actual commentary and not like forcing her to work around the stipulations they have for this like IP, which is Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. True. So I don't know. Like, I, I mean to wrap it up cause we're going over, we got to wrap the show up soon. But like, I, I I think that Barbie is my second favorite movie of the year. I think it's only second behind asteroid city. Um, a movie I haven't seen. I think that Barbie is just I I just had more so than just like thinking it's I think it's really well crafted like the script is great the comedy is hilarious the emotional stuff really hit me but like all said and done like every aspect of this production they were just they were like bat in a thousand like seriously the set design was beautiful the soundtrack was put together really well the emotional bits were great the the comedy writing was great like all the actors were great. I, I really don't have anything negative to say about it. Like, I, I kind of agree with you with, like, the boardroom stuff and Will Ferrell. But, like, even that is, like, a minor criticism for me.
1: Sure. In the same way that, like, I feel like there's minor criticisms of of Oppenheimer for sure. But, like, I think this movie is certainly well worth your time, regardless of your thoughts about dolls sexual orientation age anything like that i think this movie appeals to so many people i think you can take your kids to see this movie um, totally
0: totally there's
1: going to you might have some interesting conversations on the way home in terms of about like death and like potential you know things like that but you know kids are on the internet these days so who gives a shit and uh, i think this is easily greta gerwig's uh, masterpiece thus far In terms of the three movies that she's made, both in terms of uh, cultural and emotionally resonant movies, of which she has directed two other fantastic emotional movies for me. But this one seems to be her blockbuster opus. So,
0: yeah. And the the thing now, though, is that uh, Mattel is quick. Like people are already saying like, oh, we want to have the Mattel cinematic universe like the People are saying like we don't make movies to just make movies. We want to make movies to launch franchises. So, um, Mattel and Warner Brothers are probably very interested in making a whole fucking universe off this shit. And I am out. Audi five thousand. I'm out. Yeah. Um. Well, John, I'm gonna beat you off here in a couple of seconds. But before I beat, not you before off, I
1: beat you off first. I I really like so much better than you.
0: I really like Ken. He's like, how are they gonna know what to do? Their job? He's like, my job is literally beach. I can't (laughs) even
1: beach here, is one of my favorite lines. Yeah.
0: What are you gonna do if there's no beach? Like, how am I? I would like to be
1: a doctor. You're speaking to a doctor. (laughs) I need a clicky clicky pen pen and a sharp thing.
0: Hey, doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Oh man. This is another one of those movies, like it's not often that there's a comedy movie that comes out where I'm like, I want to see that again, ASAP. Like as soon as this movie is available to buy on streaming, like, or like VOD, I'm going to buy it. Like I'll just pay the 20, $25 or whatever. Like to me, this movie is worth it to have in my catalog because I can see this being a movie that I throw in on a bad day or whatever, like just to laugh at all the great comedy bits. Like the first couple, like the hour, like, it's all just excellent comedy. It's yeah. it's so well written. I
1: I I I genuinely love this movie. I think it's my second favorite movie of the year. Best long weekend I've had at a movie in my entire life. Yeah, that's the thing, man, is that you know,
0: we've done our due diligence to the audience here, but we've reviewed some good movies. Do we can you think like this might not happen ever again. Like uh, Maybe it'll, it'll ha- happen in a couple they're years. They're going to
1: start strategically doing it now.
0: Like strategically releasing two big movies to compete with each so other. So like
1: like Avatar 4 is going to be announced and then something else is going to be announced on the same weekend. You know what I mean? Who cares? Well,
0: I have seen Avatar 2 before then? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jim. You heard me. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to do it. All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Radio Vania. We talked about Barbie. We talked about Oppenheimer. We talked about Barbenheimer. John and Zach survived Barbenheimer. Bar- 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 Zach and John survived Barbenheimer 2023. It was Wait, a- Zach,
1: what would you give each one?
0: I would give Oppenheimer a 8 out of 10. I would give Barbie a 9.5 out of 10.
1: Okay. What would you? Both 9.5s. Wow. I think they're both 9.5s. I think they're, incom- and they're, to me, incomparable. I think they're both. I'm
0: honestly shocked. I did I think not they're think they're both that you fantastic. would enjoy Oppenheimer as much as you did. I loved it.
1: <laughs> but I loved, I loved Barbie just as much in different ways.
0: Have you talked to Cal? Has Cal seen either of these movies?
1: He hasn't seen shit. He, I talked to him yesterday, and he was fucking drunk at a bar with some employees. So, you know what I mean? Like, he's doing his own thing. I'll call. I want, him. I'll call. I want, him. We'll I, talk I, to him soon. I'm curious to know which one of these he would. He's going to like Barbie more. Anything over two hours, he falls asleep in. So,
0: that was going to say how many whiskey bourbons, how many whiskey cokes do you need to survive Oppenheimer? That's like, a,
1: exactly.
0: That's a lot. But yeah. <clears throat> Thank you all for listening to this episode of Radiovania. It's been a thick one, so thank you. If you've gotten all this way through this three-hour pod, we really, really appreciate you. You can find us at Radiovania, Radiovania Show at Gmail.com. Please email us with your comments, questions, concerns. If you liked Oppenheimer, if you liked Barbie, if you had any specific things you wanted to ask about those movies, or if you like had a question for us that we didn't answer during the pod, please choose an email. Let us know. Um, otherwise, I'm at Zach Patello. He's at Najat Parker. Um, we really, really appreciate all of you guys listening to us out there. We are spikes, you know, oh, it's, God, I'm getting drunk. It's hard to like gauge like spikes sometimes, but like, uh, we've, we've seen a lot of really, really, really cool signups uh, recently. So people have been signed, people People have been using Radiovania. People like clicking on the things, So thank you for doing that. And please keep doing that. And we appreciate you for doing that so much. And uh, yeah, go say so.
1: If you like the show, uh, you can follow us Radiovania show on Instagram, Radiovania on threads. Send us. Do you prefer Barbie or Oppenheimer? or Both? What do you like? Did you see the movies and theaters? What were your thoughts on them? If you want us to talk about anything more involving these movies, there's so much to dive into below the surface of the iceberg for these things. Uh, send us an email at at rainiovaniashow@gmail.com, and uh, we just appreciate you guys being on on the ride this year. I think this has been a fantastic movie year. There's still a couple more to come in terms of things that pique yeah. our interest, oh, yeah. but we've definitely enjoyed talking about about cinema this year and um the next. I think for this podcast specifically in terms of things that Zach and I are going to have to you know maybe potentially tussle about is probably Ahsoka so stay yeah, tuned I'll be watching that's Ahsoka. coming up yeah I we'll probably, get back into the Lucasfilm verse so
0: yeah if you if you I'm going to go see uh, this weekend I'm seeing an early screening of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so I'll be talking about that on the next pod you're said that you're going to go see uh Haunted Mansion Haunted Mansion Yeah. So we'll have that to talk about. Um, But yeah, I'll be watching Ahsoka. Um, But yeah, we also keep in touch radio vision. We've got Batman, the animated series shit to get through too. So we got a lot of good, a lot of good content on the horizon. Thank you all for listening to us. Thank you, John, for uh, coasting us down to the finish line there. This has been Radiovania. Before I go, John, Give me. I'm. I'm not even gonna give you the option here. Give me the most famous J. Robert Oppenheimer quote to end this podcast. And now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. There you
1: go. I'm a Barbie girl. <laughs>